dying. Oh, well, sometimes. Oh, shit, I got the metronome on. I was I was that kid in school where, like, where I always fucked up the teachers, you know? Like, they're uh-huh. like, Jack, Estepe? Estep? I'm going to say Estepe, actually. So this is Jack Estep. <laughs> Jack Estepe. We're already recording. Oh, very um, nice. So that's a weird way to start. He brought we weed. Fire up these. Uh, I'm allowed to say you brought weed, weed right? Yeah. yeah if you don't like that, that's totally fine. We have more. Uh, <laughs> but that's those. I I load those cones up pretty fucking hefty. Like that's about two grams, and it doesn't seem like it when you look at it. Like it seems no, not like at all. it seems like half a gram, and then when you smoke it, sometimes it'll sneak up on you. So be careful. This is very nice. I like the setup that you have here. This is. Yeah, this is a little vibes. over. <laughs> it's overkill for a person that's not making the much money on it, but. Um, anyway, so, uh, Tattoo Apprentice musician, uh, were you just the vocalist or did yeah, you, yeah. okay, you, do you play guitar or anything? No, no, okay. I, I wish. I always <laughs> thought guitar was the most so you can make interesting loud instrument. Yeah. Oh, and there's Astrid right there. Um, okay, so, Tattoo Apprentice, O'Reilly's guy. Yeah, uh, hit me up. Vocalist for uh, we were a called, band that's uh, not together at the moment. Yeah, it was, a uh, Carcass of a God. That sounds fun. Yeah, well, it was supposed to be like a big slap in the face because we're like in the Bible Belt. Yeah. And there's not really too big of a metal scene here, especially like deathcore. So I basically wanted it to be like a big slap in the face, like, hey, we're here, deal with it. Yeah. You know, like we're not that's, going anywhere, but, you know. It's a very death metal-y kind of thing to do, right? Yeah, you know. We were, <laughs> or, we, st- we were started out as this band called uh, Left in the Wake, and it just didn't have like our sound just kind of just didn't match like what we were really trying to get. Cause I wanted to be just real in your face and deal with it. Like, I don't know. Yeah. Well, one thing I've noticed about musicians and bands in general is like, you'll see a band that you love that you think is great. And then you'll look up kind of the history of them or you'll find out like three of the four members have been in bands together fucking five times over and it didn't work. And then it was, they needed the right drummer. Or they needed the right bassist, oh. or something didn't mesh. And I love those stories. Because it seems like people that don't give up are the only one. I mean, clearly, like it never happens overnight oh, unless no. you're a solo artist. Like well, the dude, the dude in Canada that sings country. I think that happened overnight. Who's like, in Walmart? Or it's something. kind of funny that you say that because, like, my first tour, the first time I was even in like a band that was like actually worth a shit was literally like almost overnight. Like I was in Colorado Springs. I graduated high school here. I was like, all right, fuck Lawton. I'm leaving, never turning my back, you know, never coming back. I put an ad out on Craigslist, and I was like, yo, you know. Vocalist. Wait, what year is this? This was uh, 2017. So Craigslist still was a piece of shit by then. Oh, okay, yeah, I'm just yeah. making sure. Okay. All right. I put this ad out on Craigslist. I was like, you know, vocalist seeking band, whatever, just for the off chance that, you know, because I left Lawton to begin with because, like I said, the music scene here kind of is trash. So I wanted to, you know, go out there and live that life. So I was like, yeah, let's go to Colorado Springs. I know they got metal venues up there. You know, it's it's lit. You know, let's do it. Fucking the weed's nice. Let's yeah. go. <laughs> so I put this ad on Craigslist, and then like a week later, I hear something. And at this point, I'd already been up in Colorado for like, I don't know, maybe a month, month and a half. So I really hadn't even gotten a job yet. I was still staying with my uh, buddy's parents who had like let me move down there and get up on my feet, but... I got in this band, and they're like, all right, come audition, and uh, we'll see what you got or whatever. So I went in there, and I, like, immediately blew them away because, like, I don't know, I guess it's hard to find good vocals, 
and I have always thought that I was really good, but you know, I don't want to like. <laughs> but you don't know until yeah, I don't want to be like yeah. egotistic, you know. But Same like, with tattooing and me, but I haven't always thought that. Just the last oh, couple dude, years. I, your tattoos are fucking sick. <laughs> well, thank bro. you. I, I see all your shit on Instagram, and I'm like, dude, look at this fucking. <laughs> I try really hard. Trust me. <laughs> Man, it's wild. But uh, yeah, I end up making the cut, and uh, I was supposed to just. I wasn't even originally set to go on the tours that they were going on. They were gonna go with the vocalist that they had. And then they were thinking about bringing me just so I can like see what that's like and all that. But they weren't sure about bus room, you know? Mm -hmm. So like two weeks before we were set to leave, um, the vocalist that was with the band like tried to sabotage the whole tour and like called the places and like canceled the shows and like just crazy. Yeah, crazy shit. So like two weeks before we left, they're like, Jack, you have to learn the set. And I was like, Okay, so I'm going, right? And they're like, yeah, yeah, you're definitely going, and you have to learn the set. Our first show is going to be in Seattle, Washington. We'll be there in about four days. Do you remember how many songs that was? It was seven. Okay, yeah, that's not so that it was like, bad. Yeah, it wasn't, like, it wasn't that bad. But it's, it's barely possible, but if yeah. you said like 14 or some shit, I'd be like, what the fuck? I mean, like three is hard. I, I Like I'm not a singer, but I'm just going from like a memorizing songs that you don't hear every day on the radio for years that just get pounded in your head, I would imagine is not easy. Well, when they hit me up, uh, I immediately looked them up and uh, listened to some of their music just to see if I would even vibe, you know, right. like just for the off chance. Cause at first, all right, we were called in confidence. And then there was this other band that had the same name called in confidence and they popped up first, even though the band that hit me up had had the, like the, uh, the patent on the, the, the trademark. Name. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And yeah. like, they just haven't sent a cease to assist or whatever the fuck Season they're called. Assist. Yeah. I'm a lawyer. I forgot to tell you. Actually, oh, very nice. <laughs> very nice. But, uh, yeah. So, uh, I hit, I looked them up. The first band that popped up, I was like, Oh God, no, like this has got to <laughs> be a joke. They don't need no death, like death core vocals for something like this. Like it's, it was trash. Like they had weird masks on and oh boy, it was like owl city. Mixed with like I don't know, fish. <laughs> Al City mixed with anything's a little weird. Yeah. So imagine Al City, City mixed Al City with fish. As is is a little, it's a lot different than what you do. Right, right, right. <laughs> I'd still do it though. You know, okay. Hit me up. Yeah, if, if you got a, a ukulele and a keyboard, yeah, I'll you, fucking scream. Yeah, we'll make it happen. <laughs> All right. That's, Don't need a microphone. For something I hope like enough people hear this that somebody actually messages you. Yo, like, dude. hey, dude, I just got a synth, and I think you would be perfect to sing over my uh, techno pop uh, emo band. Yeah, my techno pop. Uh, <laughs> what is it called? A fucking. My wife plays a harp. <laughs> uh, my we got son a triangle. Plays the triangle. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly what I was We got called. a six year old playing the shit out of the triangle, dude. He's, uh, he's a prodigy. He's oh, been yeah. doing it for six days. He hits it like a trifecta. <laughs> ting, ting, ting. Ting, ting, ting. But he speeds uh, it up. You know? Dude, I imagine that could actually fucking work right now. Like, people like weird shit. People listen to my podcast. That's an example of, like, anything can work. Um, whenever uh, whenever you were out there in Colorado, like, did you end up, everything goes smooth? You you memorized all seven songs and you toured with them for uh, It was about a, bit? a month. Okay. My first tour was about a month. And we were in, like, I want to say 12, maybe 10 St- different states okay and i remember like just feeling so accomplished like i was just like dude i'm on fucking tour right now i was calling people right and i was like yo i'm on tour because they're like what are you doing I was <laughs> is like, that well, exactly how you said it i was like yeah i'm kind of on the road right now uh i'm on my way to washington 
oh, what are you going to do up there? I was like, I'm hopefully going to jam the fuck out of this show. Show, I was like, oh, yeah, I'm in a band now. Uh, I don't really know how it happened, but here I am. And uh, I was, like, sharing pictures of, like, my tour passes. And yeah. They're all laminated and fucking, like, kind of shiny and holographic, and they look so fucking cool. Now they look like shit. But because uh, I just carried them around with me everywhere because it's like it was like a big stepping stone for me. You know, I had always I loved like death course since I was like sixth or seventh grade. And even then I was into like, I don't know, like the harder genre of music. I loved new metal, you know, mm. back when that was the shit. Now it just kind of faced off the earth. When when uh, people ask me or expect me to have a certain kind of music, like at tattoo shops, people until somewhat recently almost always expected like cannibal corpse would be the most mellow <laughs> shit going yeah. and they're always like i didn't expect you to be playing third eye blind and uh they we go over the type of music they expected <laughs> and like the closest i listened to it would probably be like uh brand new like i really i'm not like i don't have a problem with it but i don't really get into like the super heavy shit like there's a little bit of stuff with the occasional screaming i used to really like um Silverstein, do you know mm-hmm, that band? Okay, mm-hmm. I love the shit out of Silverstein, and that was Smile like, in your yeah, that was, a, that was about as like heavy as anything I listened to got. And uh, it seems like everybody has a lot of weird misconceptions about tattoos and what to expect at a shop, and then also me, um, probably not as much since the podcast. Like people that have listened to my podcast and then get tattooed. They're usually like, so do you really like spit on everybody's asshole? And I'm like, no, I, I <laughs> no, said that once. Cool I was joking. Ones, you know? Yeah, it's you, you don't have to worry about that. Yeah, I, I'm like the complete opposite. I'm like that stereotype. Yeah. You know, like I was listening to like Chelsea Grin when I pulled up here. So I mean, like, I don't know. I got big gauges, tattoos. Mm-hmm. You know, like yeah. I, if you like a guess what kind of music I'd listen to, you'd probably hit it right on the. Like, if I had to guess based on your gauges, I would definitely say you're not listening to Third Eye Blind. Um, hey, I do fuck with Third Eye Blind. <laughs> I mean, Third I have Eye like a real cool. broad music spectrum. Mm-hmm. I really like, even though I work at Scooters, I hate country music. I don't think anybody that works there likes country music. That's <laughs> is that not true? Bartenders? Uh, I yeah, know. I think they all love it. Um, ever since you said you were, like, so for people that don't know, I think I've like been in the same room as you twice. Yeah, um, for sure. Once I've I've talked to you once. You I actually uh, I actually came into Avenue for a, a tattoo apprenticeship, and you were tattooing a guy. You were tattooing oh. a, an eye on his bicep. Oh well, then I three times being, maybe. Yeah, I remember it being real dope. But you like well, kind of looked through my stuff for a second. I know that you were busy. But... <laughs> I'm sorry. Oh, it was cool. It was cool. <laughs> I turn everybody down. I I'm like I it's a I have commitment issues, um, but when people mention scooters, like. I didn't pay attention to the good things people said about scooters until you said you worked there. And I've had two people tell me that the security at scooters is the most impressive thing about the place. Awesome. That I don't even heart. know what that means. That means we're awesome. <laughs> it sounds like it. But we're kind of the shit, except for, you know, if you ask the people that we throw out. But well that's that's where it a lot the of times like we don't want no problems, you know. It's just like you've had too much to drink. You're falling around. They're like, Well, it's a bar, aren't you supposed to be drunk? Well, yes and no. You're supposed to come here to get drunk, and then once you get there, you gotta go. You know, <laughs> but don't drive. <laughs> but don't drive. Yeah, we'll, you gotta, we'll get you an we'll Uber. We'll get you an Uber. Yeah, but I've heard uh, one guy told me he said, um, "Now the guy wasn't like somebody that I can fully understand what the fuck he's talking about when he talks." If you know what I mean, just like a, we're t- we're a little too different. Where you make it? <laughs> no, no. Um, he was not your scooters type, but uh, 
he just he mentioned like where he goes <coughs> and what he's been doing to try to pick up chicks in Lawton. And I, I said, learn I would, how to two step. I would recommend not being in Lawton. Uh, That's that a would good be start. like like be in Lawton, like live here, but like go to Oklahoma City to get girls and then bring them back. But or just stay, just get a hotel probably. But the point is, he told me he was at Scooters and um, and he started out trying to get girls and then he realized like he's not the right type <laughs> for Scooters. Oh, yeah. So he just he said he just like turned it into a thing where he just watched the security guys kick people out. And he said, you guys are fucking great. Um, and he's in the military. So he's, you know, he probably has some understanding of. I've let this thing go out like six times. I don't Somehow know. I've managed to keep mine burning. I mean, I've managed to get ash on my fucking gray shirt. I don't know if you could tell. Uh, this stuff's not bad. Where'd you get this? Uh, what I say? That's from uh, Fluffy's. Oh, I've never been. I've been told it's like a really cool spot. And they're well, open late. So. I have like a weird thing about pre-rolls. Mm-hmm. And it has to it has to smoke. You know, and a lot of times <laughs> I find myself... Doing it like almost like a black and mild, where you like yeah. roll it in your hand because it's it's in there so tight, and then it just doesn't smoke or well, it runs like a motherfucker. Yeah, my buddy um, Eddie that runs uh, Mad Scientist, they have a pre roll machine that I'm gonna get the number wrong, but I think they can do about a thousand pre rolls a day with Holy one machine. Fuck. Like I'm pretty sure that was the number he told me, but it's a fucking absurd amount. So most of their money, I believe, is made off just pre rolls. Now he drives around the whole state. Um, their pre-rolls are fucking perfect every time. And, I like, whoever's using the machines, I think, is probably where you're going to get it. Because if you have, like, the guy that's just a bud tender that's bored, stuffing them behind the counter and shaking it yeah. out, like, you're not going to get a consistent one. Well, I don't I don't feel like it's necessarily how it's packed. I think of it's, it's what's the, in it? the quality of what's in it. Yeah. Because yeah. a lot of times I broke some of them up because they just wouldn't smoke, and it's literally like a powder. Yeah. And it doesn't allow any oxygen to get through, right. especially as it starts to resonate up. It's not, it's going to, you know, it's just going to basically seal and you're not going to smoke anything. Well, I used to think pre-rolls were like the worst weed possible until I started to actually understand how weed works. Um, If it falls to the bottom of the jar, it's probably going to end up in a pre-roll. If it falls to the bottom of the jar, that means it's got weight on it. If it's got weight on it, it's more THC and other cannabinoids than it is plant matter. Yeah, you got some density. So so you get some good shit at the bottom and then they just need a lot (coughs) of plant matter to keep it together. Um... So I actually really like pre-rolls. I just I usually don't buy weed anywhere because I grow uh, enough to not need to do that. Well, and I'm cheap. I have a lot of friends and family that grow. And I like, think you work with a person that grows. Eh. <laughs> Off the record. <laughs> uh, we didn't say where like, all you work. You have a lot of jobs. Uh, yeah, yeah, a lot of jobs. Wink, wink. <laughs> but uh, sometimes for me, like. I'll get like smoke tongue mm-hmm. to where like I'll smoke one strain so much that I feel like I got to smoke like three or four blunts or something to feel something. Mm-hmm. So like for me, I like kind of switching up the variety of things that I have. Otherwise, well, I just feel like I'm wasting my time. I do the same thing with uh, concentrates and edibles and like I change the method uh, just as much as I do the strain. I usually don't smoke any one strain more than like three or four times in a row. So I just usually I grow like three at a time. I don't grow a lot of different stuff, but I'll have enough variety that I can kind of rotate through. And then I'll take a break off of smoking and just take edibles. I'll take a break off edibles and just smoke and hit the vape pen. And I rotate through all these different methods and I don't have to be super high to like enjoy it. So, um, 
it seems to keep my tolerance really low though like yeah, i can take yeah. like a 10 milligram edible and be like oh shit really yeah it's crazy dude <laughs> me and edibles are like 50 50 man like i don't know i had this crazy experience when i was like 13 where i ate a 1000 milligram chocolate bar <laughs> And uh, ever since then, I mean, edibles just kind of just don't, they don't do shit for me. You know? Oh, maybe if, it... unless it's I did get one of those bong waters that they mm-hmm. came out with. Yeah, I've heard that's great. And one of those kind of fucked me off. But honestly, I was smoking like all day. And so dabbing. it's hard to know. Yeah, it's hard yeah. to know. But like I ate that chocolate bar. My mom at the time worked at Easy Go and she was working the graveyard shift. So when she was gone for the night, she was gone, you know. <laughs> You playing. had nobody to save you. Yeah, nothing. I was at, I was playing Saints Row 3, and uh, I remember just, like, starting to feel good. I was like, yeah, you know, I feel real high. You know, this is nice. And then, like, so much time went by, and I was like, oh, my God. I'm getting way fucking higher than what I signed <laughs> up for, you know. And then, like, I'm laying on the ground, and, like, I felt like I was, like, turning into something. Like, I was like, looking at my hands, like, <laughs> yeah, holy it's, shit. Yeah, it can get you know? pretty fucking it weird. It was wild. I was also 13, you know. I had no business yeah. eating a 1,000 milligram Yeah, I don't, I don't have business eating a 1,000 milligram chocolate bar. Like, when somebody gives me, which, it's crazy how many people give me fucking weed. It's so nice. Like, people just, like, they'll be getting tattooed, and they're like, hey, man, I work at a dispensary. You want something? And I'm like, I mean... Tips if, if you're giving it away, I'll yeah. take whatever the fuck you want to give me. And like, uh, and then Eddie, like, he's super generous and cool. He dropped off like a fucking Walmart bag full of shit last time I tattooed him. Like, it was. I was like, I had to give some to one of my friends. Like, I was like, this is fucking. This, this chocolate's much. gonna go bad. Like, yeah. it was like, I think it was like three or four chocolate bars, and like a handful of pre rolls, and a couple little samples of different shit they were working on. And I was like, you're such a sweet guy. And I was high as fuck for a pretty good amount of time. And so was one of my clients that didn't know uh, what a warning means when you tell them about edibles. He was like, so uh, how much of this should I take? Because he, yes. he's new to he's <laughs> new to the measuring. He's new to being able to get a measurement on it. Uh, he's from <coughs> Texas. And um, weed being legal seems really bizarre to him. So he's looking at it and he's like, okay, so... If it says like 50 milligrams, is that like a lot a lot, or is that yeah. like nothing? And I'm like, I would say 50 is enough. Like for if you've never done edibles yeah. or you've only had like fucking the random weird lady that stops by with the Rice Krispie treat in Texas, like you don't know what that is. So let's go mm-hmm. with 50 is a good start. I would actually recommend 10, but it's whatever. So he goes, okay, so two of these is, is 100. That's fine, right? And I was like, no, probably not. And he was already eating them. Oh, God. And then I was – like it was the greatest fucking commercial for Eddie though. I was like, I had to message him immediately. This dude, fucking hours later, I thought everything was fine, and he tried to go get coffee, and he couldn't. I mean, it was, it was just like it was bad. Down. I I felt so bad for him. I was like, dude, you should have been driving. What did he get paranoid? Um, no, he just didn't know what the fuck was going on. He just like lost his mind immediately. Um, and eventually, I saw him again, and he was still high. And I was like, are you okay, dude? And he goes, yeah, I don't know. Uh, what did, What is the name of the coffee shop? And I was like, well, you're holding coffee. So clearly you got there. He goes, I don't think I did. And he went to the wrong coffee shop and all this different shit. And it's like, it was fucking great. I've let this go out three times now. It was fantastic. I used to have this buddy that would get really high and then like get super paranoid. Mm-hmm. Like... 
he heard a whole conversation that did not happen. Like, we were at my uncle's house. I wish that happened to me. And uh, he has this. What the fuck? He has this goal when people come over for the first time, and it's basically just to get him as fucked off as humanly possible. It's a good goal. Yeah, he's got like a whole bunch of dabs, and he makes he, just, he like presses a lot of it himself. So he's like really proud of it, and it, it's good stuff. But like <laughs> this buddy of mine came over, he had took one, he started uh, getting a little cotton mouth. So I went and got him a drink. It was a sprite. It was like a can that wasn't even opened. Mm-hmm. You know, I handed it to him. He opened it. And uh, he it never left his hands, like, the whole time. You know, like, he was just holding on to this Sprite. Well, we got to talking about some, I don't know, like, some st- stuff. Like, I don't know, like, my uncle's a veteran. Uh, he's talking about, like, you know, Iraq and, like, all this other stuff. And, like, my buddy's getting all paranoid. And he uh, he heard us say that we put arsenic in his drink. That he is opened and it never left his hands, you know. So he starts like freaking out, and like he thinks that we're trying to kill him. So he starts really freaking out, and like I can notice this, my uncle can notice this, and he was talking about like you know maybe uh maybe y'all should go, and I was like yeah no no shit. He's thinking that we were about to kill him. So like even he thinks I'm about to kill him. And I came with this guy, like, he's my ride, <laughs> you know? <laughs> so, like, I was like, obviously, you can't drive. Let me see your keys. So, he, like, didn't really want to. He, like, resisted almost. Like, he, like, put his hands in his pocket and, like, looked down, like, fuck, this is how I'm going to go, you know? Like, you could just see it, like, and it's like a defeat almost. Like, he just gave up. He's like, I guess I'm dead yes, now. Yes, yeah. And he gave me his keys, and he's, like, walking in front of me, but he's doing it in a manner that... I felt like he was trying to, like, almost punch me. Like, he was that scared. He thinks I'm trying to kill him. You know, I just took his car. So I was like, I was like, don't you punch me. And he said, all right. And then I like, kept walking. Like, he was he was so fucked up, you know. <laughs> well, so, the good thing about people when they're paranoid and high is usually, unless they took something else besides weed with it, they're usually pretty fucking... Uh, malleable you can kind of well, calm him down and manipulate him a little he bit. was more or less already like he was like right, I'll, it breaks it down when he just when gave I, up when i get into the car yeah so i start driving he's talking to me and he's talking about like begging basically like begging for his life and all i'm trying to do is just get us home i didn't want right. to walk home you know he brought me over there at least you know have decency to bring me back come on <laughs> so i'm driving whatever and like i can feel him like look at me and then he, like, looks at the steering wheel. And then he, like, <laughs> looks at me. Oh, God. And I was like, if you touch the steering wheel, I will kill you. Like, I'm, I'm just trying to get us home. He's like, all right, all right, just pull, just pull over. So, all right. By this point, I made it to uh, Texas Roadhouse. I pulled it in. It's Saturday. Like, the parking lot's full. So, I had to go to, like, the darker end of the parking lot. Oh, no. <laughs> so, so I, I, like pulled the car in the park he starts freaking out he's like don't kill me don't kill me don't kill me and i just yelled at him i was like dude i've known you since sixth grade if i would have killed you i would have done it by now and he was like for that i believe you <laughs> I was and like, then you're good and he was good he's like what the he's fuck? like can i can i can i drive my car please <laughs> and i was like yes or just tell me that you're good and i'll let you drive he's like i'm good i'm good and, like, from that point on, like, he drove, too. He was perfectly Dude, fine. Dude, I would have taken him into Texas fine. Roadhouse and fucking fed him <laughs> and made him drink, like, six or seven fucking 
do they have Red Bull? I would, I would be like, I we need you to get know. some caffeine. I don't he, needed, this shit needs to go he, needed, away. he needed like some sort of like mental uh, cleansing other than a Red Bull because <laughs> like he was really freaking out. I was like, bro, you really thought I was gonna put arsenic in your drink? Man, some people get really paranoid. I was gonna say like when weed was illegal, you have a reason to be paranoid. But I meant about the cops. I didn't. Oh, like yeah, I don't not- understand. I haven't had issues with it. I was paranoid when I first started smoking, but that's because I was like... You don't want to get caught. 12. <laughs> well, yeah. 12 it probably does a lot more to you. Yeah, you know, like, I don't know. That was uh, different times. Though, you know? Well, I didn't smoke weed till I was 27. So I'm like a really strange person. <laughs> like, I was... Um, I still don't drink. And people always are like... They just assume a lot of weird shit about tattoo artists. Oh, bro, I hate drinking. Uh, it, I don't recommend it to anybody. I always recommend weed, even to people that will get them in trouble. Something can go down, and I could be blitzed off my ass, and I know that I could still react. Mm -hmm. You know, but, like, you can't be blackout drunk, and then somebody be fighting in your house, and then you're like, oh, I can't do anything. I gotta fix it. Yeah, Yeah. Like, weed's never given me a thing where I feel nervous about owning guns and having weed. I feel like if you were, like, extremely drunk, it might be a bad idea for you to know how to get to your guns. Like, even though you're probably not going to, like, shit like that, I've never had the issue. The only reason I think I should drink is so I know what it's like to be drunk once, just so I get a general understanding of it. But, uh, so you've never I don't been think drunk it's ever? No. <laughs> don't do it. No. that's. I think I can make it to 70. The hangover makes it feel like your whole body is like this, the desert, dude. It's yeah. Like, it that's, sucks. I've heard. I've like, heard it's just the, the worst dehydration I, ever. I don't drink for the whole purpose of, like... I've never woke up like I've never smoked so much fucking weed. Woke up the next day and like threw up for fucking thirty to forty. No, minutes. I have smoked and ate so much weed that I'm sure the smoking part was worn off when I woke up. But I woke up the next day high as fuck. High as shit, dude. I've been I've been high for like probably like twenty hours off of one really weird series of edibles, and I didn't know what to do about it. Like I'd never had to like tattoo or anything else high and i was at work two or three hours into the tattoo when i asked uh jason i was like hey can you tell at all and he goes nah what do you mean and i was like like my client probably doesn't know i'm super high right now he goes you're high i was like yeah he goes i thought you didn't usually like smoke much with new clients and i was like yeah usually that's true well, i didn't have an option <laughs> i didn't uh he's like take hold of me when it yeah. wants to you know and he's like so right now like i was like highest i've ever been in my fucking life he goes i can't tell i was like good we're good to go like um and the tattoo was one of the best ones ever i don't remember which one it was but i remember I was <laughs> but um like my favorite tattoo i've done so far in at least the last year i think is the post malone portrait i did uh probably yeah. like three or four months ago that one was fucking sick. dude thank you i ate weed and I smoked weed, and then I smoked some more weed, and then I hit the vape pen well, every it's time. Post Malone like, tattoo. What? That's yeah, you, you have to. I was well. Also, it's like the person it's on. I actually you know. seen Post Malone at a dispo in uh, California. Are you serious? In Long Beach, yeah. And like cool. I saw him on like our tour bus, like, and I was like, "Oh my God, there's fucking Post Malone!" And everybody was like, "Nah, nah, nah." Uh, it's just a guy that looks yeah. like him. Yeah. Yeah. No, then my guitar player was like. Holy fuck, it is Post Malone. Yeah. And then we're all stuck to the window. Like, oh my God, a real celebrity. I feel like once you get up within like 30 feet of Post Malone, there's no way somebody could look enough like him that you would be convinced. Like, I I saw, um, who was it? Not Kevin James. Kevin Smith, Jay and Silent Bob guy. Yeah. Uh, I saw him at a restaurant. I was at a, it was, I forget the name of it, but it's on Melrose and it's uh, Travis Barker's vegan restaurant. My wife wanted to try vegan food. 
And I was like, Travis Barker's a vegan? Yeah. I have yeah. no Super name. vegan. There's a lot of cool <laughs> shit about him. Like when you mentioned the band name, it was so hard for me not to interrupt and say, well, Blink-182 had to add the 182 because there was a European name or a, a band in the UK named Blink and they sued them or threatened us. They sent them a cease and desist actually. And then Blink-182 was like, shit, we'll just add some numbers. Yeah, 182, <laughs> fuck it. I don't know where the 182 came from. But yeah, Travis Barker, um, I don't know for how long, but he's been a vegan for a while. He's a cancer survivor. That's another thing a lot of people don't know. He smoked too many backwoods and got throat cancer. Um, <laughs> like he's, he said he was smoking like, I want to say it was like 20 backwoods a day or something Holy stupid. Holy fuck. So, was he smoking cigarettes too? No, he did, well, I think he smokes cigarettes. Um, I don't think he does anymore, but he was smoking mm. blunts, like rolling blunts with backwoods. I honestly feel like backwoods are overrated. Uh, I don't know anybody else that likes backwoods, so I can't say that. Um, yeah. It might just be me. I don't know anybody that's like... I fucking would rather smoke, uh, I don't know, like a bong. And I hate bongs. Yeah, I like I like uh, high hemp, the like fucking green wraps. I don't know. They're like super sweet. Yeah, weird. they're like, I don't know. I grew easy up to rolling, roll. I'm like, you know, white trash as fuck. So I like grew up rolling blunts. And like, so like from going from that to like one of those, it's like super... Uh, super easy to manipulate. It doesn't right. have as much resistance. And like for me, that like I rip it or a fucking yeah. stem goes through the motherfucker. See, I have the problem with anytime I'm not really careful with swishers, I have stems go through them and then I'm like, fuck, I don't even know. Like, <laughs> what do you do? Just get another swisher and tape depending, it around? Well, <laughs> depending on where it is for me, I'll just put my fingers there. Yeah. And then let <laughs> it too. burn its way down. I've done that for sure. <laughs> uh, but my wife doesn't roll. Um, like, that's, I mean, you noticed I have cones. I bulk order cones on Amazon. And then I just, like, I have a grinder and two or three jars of weed by my bed. And I just go randomly and roll a bunch. Um, but she can do that great. She can make a perfect cone. But she, like, she tried to roll a blunt a few times. Didn't work out. She gave up. And uh, I'm not good at rolling blunts. Like, every now and then... I mean, with backwoods, I am. But everything else, I suck. So it might just be that I know how to roll with the backwoods. And it's like, I'm a bitch and I don't want more sponges. <laughs> I don't know. Like, Swishers taste better. I don't know. I Like like I said, I'm white trash as fuck. What grew, do you do? Like, black grew, and mild? Grew up in the hood. <laughs> I have rolled a blunt with a black and mild. It has been done. <laughs> I'm sure. People can confirm that. Uh. <laughs> I can't, I'm trying to think of like the most white trash. I mean, a soda can is the most white trash. That's actually weed. the first time I, I smoked <laughs> weed for the very first time out of a tall boy <laughs> can oh. that me and my buddy had found. His name is Josh East. I don't give a fuck if you hear about this or not. But that shit happened. I remember like. Can you send this to Josh East? When I, don't we get know, I don't even know for friends on Facebook. <laughs> this dude gave me a four-wheeler one day. I remember that shit. He gave you a four-wheeler? Yeah, I was living in this Holy town shit. called Jennings, Oklahoma. I don't know if you've oh, ever heard that. No. It's small as fuck like you could drive through that hoe blink and miss it like legitimately would you say it's like under a thousand people legitimately okay it's just like a gas station that's also <laughs> uh like a grocery store the grocery store for the town <laughs> yeah. yeah and then there was a, a game room for like the kids and it was basically like one pool table and like some dartboards a couple arcade <laughs> games and then you could rent movies from that place Oh and then wow! There was a burger place, but I, I imagine know. they have four churches though. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> for well, some reason I could see four there churches there. There was like there. at least two, and yeah. I think there was a bunch more. Like we're like five minutes from a town this way, five minutes from a town yeah. that way. Well, my family's from Surreal, um, and it's it's about a thousand people, and you get your pizza at the gas station. Yep. 
Now they have a Dollar General. But when like I was a kid, it was fucking hilarious. The pizza guy looks like Jimmy John, but with a mustache. Probably. Yeah. I haven't seen anybody there in a while. I feel like it's a pizza lady now. But yeah, wow. you don't. they don't deliver. You got to go get it. Oh, yeah. And you call. Like, They're like, you, come you, on, motherfucker. It's, it's two blocks away. Walk your ass <laughs> up here. It's like, I live all the way across town. Okay, I'm sorry. Two and a half. Yeah. <laughs> like, uh, yeah, it's a really small town. And my, my grandpa was a preacher there. And I lived I lived in town until I was like seven. Then we moved here. But I can still just like go anywhere in Surreal and people call me like Little Speedy. My dad's nickname is Speedy and shit. And I'm like, what the fuck? Who like, the fuck are you? I don't know you. I attended a funeral in Surreal yesterday and there were so many people that I know I'm supposed to know. I'm like, I oh, yeah. know I've seen Do that bitch, but me? she used to be tall. Yeah. <laughs> like last time I saw this lady that's 5'3", she was taller than me. Therefore, it's okay. I don't remember her. Yeah, that's but, fair. And then I was trying to introduce my wife to a couple people. I was like, all right, this is either Gail or... Shit, I think it's Gail. Yeah, uh, this is my wife, Brandy, Brandy. <laughs> and then I just like, oh, yeah, what's up? Like, I had to do that a couple times. Well, usually, like, I try to pin it off on them. Like, Brandy, this is... Yeah, yeah, And then she'd be like... And then say their Yeah, name, that's what know? I was trying to do. But it, it's like not shaking it's hands because like COVID fucked shot. that up. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Also, like, I went to shake... Okay, I haven't seen my cousin's husband... Well, since last Christmas, I guess, when we, you know, could actually see people and nobody was scared of COVID. And uh, I saw him and I went to shake his hand and I was like, what's up, man? And he goes, oh, no, I'm not shaking your hand. And he like whipped it back and I was like, what the fuck? And then I was like, oh, COVID. Okay, cool. <laughs> like, but it was weird. I didn't know people were like actually anti-handshake. I just want to make sure everybody's comfortable so I don't come at them with it usually. Right. But I thought of all people, like a farmer is probably going to be cool with a handshake. Yeah, like your hands are black right now. Right. You've been working <laughs> on a truck all day. <laughs> you you have uh, you have actual shit on your hand. And we're, <laughs> we're worried about. Yeah. I mean, it's cow shit, so it's fine. But it's we're, fine. we're we're worried about uh, COVID. Not it's for science. I love science. science my is son, the shit. my son gets mad every time I tell him I'm a scientist because he thinks I'm just a tattooer. But do you do you scientist. do you fuck with the science museum in the city? I do like it. I've only been there like three times, but yeah, I feel like that's how many times I've been there. About three times. <laughs> okay, I talk about it all the fucking. Time, you make it though. sound like you're like a fucking like you got like a weekly thing you go on. No, Sundays I would or love to do that though. Like, oh, dude, um, have you been to our little like I call it the tornado museum, but it's at the by the fucking uh, prairie dog park. What the fuck is it? Oh no, I haven't seen that. It's well, okay, so you know where um, what park is that? Elmer Thomas is that the one where they do the Christmas lights and all yeah, that shit? Yeah. Okay, Elmer Thomas Park. There's like a little theater thing where my daughter does a ballet recital every year. That's the only reason I know what it is. Hey, and my, then my niece does that. Stuff. Oh, cool! Yeah. What what dance school does she go to? Uh, I'm trying to remember what. It's oh, yes, yeah, your niece. You don't have to know. That's yeah, cool. yeah. Does Sherry's there, or South Star sound familiar? Those are the two big ones. Oh. Probably Sherry's. I don't know. She's been doing it forever. Too. Well, <laughs> I kind of feel like a piece of shit. Oh no, dude! I, I like there, sometimes though, I forget. The, uh, <laughs> it's actually the, my daughter. It was up in Duncan this time. The Nutcracker and stuff. Oh, that's a whole different thing. That's oh. a different, like, that's a, like, theater theater. Um, there's also Lawton Ballet Theater in the middle of town in a neighborhood that otherwise you wouldn't even know. Like, if you drove by it, there's a, a soccer stadium across the street, and it's, like, in the middle of the ghetto. Right. And it's, it's Lawton Ballet Theater is there. But um, I think it, or it's Lawton Performance Arts Theater or something like that. But the point is... Uh, there's a museum between where people perform and like where the fucking prairie dogs are and it doesn't say anything big enough. You can see it. You drive right by it and you would never notice it, but it's got this cool like tornado display thing where you walk into a room, 
fans blow on you, it makes a ton of fucking noise, and you're like, oh shit. Really? Yeah, you gotta go high. <laughs> it's That's the only part that's really, like, super cool, but you can learn a lot about the planes and shit. Like, it's kind of cool. I don't know, I'm an Okie, so, like, <laughs> tornadoes are kind of something that, you know, it's like a... <laughs> It's, uh, I've seen some. I've seen tornadoes. I've seen a tornado uh, a few times. My dad used to like chasing tornadoes, and we had a fucking oh, van. <laughs> see, I don't know if I'd have to like see. It. For me, like not a lot of things scare me, but Mother Nature scares the well, fuck out. Well, tornadoes are like okay. I don't like hurricanes, but hurricanes produce a bunch of tornadoes. But if you ask somebody from uh, Florida, and you say, "Would you rather be in a hurricane and, or I'm sorry, a tornado in Oklahoma or a hurricane?" They here? love tornadoes. They'll they'll be fine with the hurricane because it produces tornadoes and they like them. Yeah, it's fucking weird. So they won't even come to Oklahoma to get in a storm. I love storms. I love tornadoes as long as they don't take my house. I have uh, family that are Floridans, and let me say, Floridans, Floridans. Okay, they are firsthand crazy. <laughs> I'm listening. Every one of them. Like they, I remember when that hurricane was gonna pass by there. We're calling like. We're calling them and telling them, like, you need to leave now. And they're like, oh, this is, this ain't nothing. This is a tropical depression. <laughs> it's like, I'm going to get tropical depression when you die. <laughs> yeah. The fuck? You know, but, yeah. you know, they were fucking fine. Yeah. No, it's, ugh, most storms aren't that big of a deal. The thing with tornadoes is I'm not, I don't get nervous about tornadoes at all because I'm aware of how they work. I've been around them a lot. I get nervous about shit like hurricanes because I'm like, okay, so I understand you can predict <coughs> it for like two weeks out. <coughs> But do you know when it's actually going to come up out of the water? And they're like, not exactly. And I'm like, I'm going to go. I'll be inland. I learned the word inland when I was in. (coughs) Holy Jesus, guy. Yes, sir. There's a water there if you need water or whatever you're drinking. But um, I learned the word inland when I was in my mid-20s. And I feel really stupid about that because I'd never heard anybody say it. And I was talking to this rich-ass dude that owned a house in Newport Beach. He was our neighbor for the week. And he told me he owns a catering service. And he goes, yeah, usually throughout the year we live inland because it's a little quicker to get to most of my jobs. And then uh, in the summer we come out here. And I was like, oh, how far is inland? <laughs> like I felt so – I thought it was like a little town I'd never heard of. <laughs> I had never heard the word. And like if you tell somebody from California that, they're going to be like, what the fuck? But in, like why would I? Like who's going to say inland here? Right. Um, but it was real cool because he was like, holy shit, people from Oklahoma are morons. I'm certain he doesn't think there's a possibility that I'm not a moron. So it's, it's <laughs> no, okay. Dude, the first time I went down, uh, that, with some family, you. Uh, you go. I had met this guy who's like been a part of my family for like a long time. We've never met before. Mm-hmm. His name is Mikey. Now Mikey is like the definition of Southern, you know, he was like a Ford, <laughs> a Ford observer. Uh, he was, uh, like addicted to meth for a long time and it, like he like OD'd but that like saved him because like he had like uh something <laughs> like wrong with his, his brain oh my. yeah and they had found it because of his OD so he'll tell you that like meth saved his life <laughs> but he was also deaf uh because like he like forward observing so like he was scream all the time mm-hmm. so he's got like a quarter of his brain missing because of the tumor they had to take out and then like He's had all that. And then he was also, before he went to the army, this is this guy's really old. Listen to this. He was a Klan's member. He was a part oh, of no. the... Yeah, like, this is crazy. And I remember hearing about this, and I was just like, how can he be so open about this? I was well, like, if you... If you depends even, on where he lives, I guess. Yeah, that's exactly what it is. It's like, because he, he lived in uh, Waycross, uh, 
Georgia, I believe that's where. That yeah, sounds like a Klansman yeah. house. Oh yeah, dude! Like <laughs> it's it's like ding 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 down yeah. there. There's but, uh, some parts of Georgia that scare the <laughs> shit out of me. It scared the shit out of me, and I'm apparently all right to be there. You look kind of like a city boy that likes four wheelers and hunting. No, no, that's, that's not what they pinged me for at you all. You look like what Post Malone is now, not what Post Malone started out as. Um, <laughs> give and take. Okay. But anyway, I met this fucking guy, and he didn't even, like, I went to shake like shake his hand. And this is way before COVID was a thing. This was, like, 2015, 2016, okay. you know. He didn't even, he, like, looked at me and then just kept talking to my uncle. <laughs> like, And it was because of, like, this, yeah. like, my ears. Yeah, and you're like, too you unique. Know, yeah. How old I'm is too this guy? City. At this point, he was probably like, I want to say, early sixties. Okay, old enough that it's like a combination of his age, his super southern heritage, and the fact that if you have gauged ears, you probably have at least talked to a black person. So those things <laughs> offend him. Yeah. Like, I've, I've oh, noticed man. a lot of trends with like how I mean, people always say not to judge people by their appearances, but I definitely do, and I've noticed like I'm more likely to come into a conversation confidently like i think you're gonna get what i'm saying if you have tattoos if you don't have tattoos i assume it's gonna feel like we're speaking different languages just a bit and i i'm trying to learn not to assume that but every time i talk to like an old dude with a cowboy hat <laughs> like dude there's i've met so many people that like you try to explain something to them and they're like so you make money doing tattoos i'm like yes like they pay me to do it and they'll ask, and I like I get people like like to say shit like why why would somebody want to pay you to torture them? It's not that they're like so. It's more like a what's your other job therapy? <laughs> but no, they think like people think like tattoo artists get paid like twenty bucks and they no. have to go to work afterwards like it's like a hobby job. No, <laughs> I just say firsthand working in shops. I know, like how the clientele is, and I know that. Like, I can probably say confidently that you're pretty all right, you know? like I get paid at least $1.50 an hour, yeah. yeah. But no, I'm just saying, like, the, the trying to explain that that's my actual career, like I have a real job yeah. and they see I have a car and I'm, you know, I didn't have to get somebody to bring me there. They're always, like, legitimately surprised. Yeah, and it's the, the funniest shit ever. I took the bus here. That's, I would if I knew how to work it. I can't figure it out. Oh, dude, I used to have to ride the bus in high school because I went to a alternative school mm -hmm. uh, called gateway and i went there and uh they, they were so short on buses that we didn't get buses anymore so they just gave us bus passes and we had to walk to uh the library from school every day <laughs> to get on the city bus and take buses home and That's you would actually, see the works. craziest shit dude like there'd yeah. be so many like drunk people throwing up on the fucking bus or people being yeah. weird or and you're how old fighting, <laughs> like 16 17 yeah. you know but That's I was a nice mounted. introduction yeah well i mean i know when okay so when the lats bus like actually started running in town and they had like three or something that it was really small but I remember we took it just to see exactly how it worked. And then it was the best way to get to the mall because I lived on the west side. So I would take it to the mall. And then I had people ask me, like, is it crazy? Are there people? Like, and I was like, no, there's no people. It was like me and my brother and two of our <laughs> friends. Like, there was nobody on it for like five years after they started it. I don't know how they funded it. And it's cheap, too. Yeah, it's like a dollar. Yeah. Like a dollar twenty-five. Well, my wife, uh, she went to school. 75 cents if you're not an adult. Is so. it really that cheap? Yeah. Wow. We just had to show our school IDs and let us on the bus. I love that. But my wife uh, went to massage school with a guy that, like, he just didn't have a car. And it was 
that was how he got to school every day. And then something happened where he ran out of money and he couldn't even take the bus. And I was like, how the fuck did he pay for school or lunch or any like because I know it's cheap, but like she looked into how much it would be to just get him like a, a like a permanent pass. I don't know, like for a year or a month or something. And it was fucking nothing. Like, I think it was like 20 bucks a month. Does that sound right? Eh, like, I don't know. I just remember it was it was shockingly. Month? I think so. I remember yeah. thinking it was like crazy cheap. I know it's cheap for a month, but I know like they have they also have like the yearly pass. Maybe that's what it was. Or like even like uh, you can like stack them so you get one year, two year, three year. Yeah. Um, but I think they're like the year one's like one hundred and twenty bucks, and even that is like cheap if you right like, if you think if about you really how many tanks money. of gas. Yeah, exactly. yeah. Well, he was using it for every type of like. So he's going to massage school. He was using it to get to school, and then he's going to use it to go to a job interview after school, and then he's going to use it to go to work after that. He didn't plan on getting a car. So if you got him a year pass, I mean, I, work out. I was weird. I, I'd skate all over town. I, I grew up on a board for like, I don't know, I skated for like 11 years. So you just get everywhere you need to go? Yeah, kick push, bro. That's exactly <laughs> what I did. I'd skate five miles. I remember growing up, like, I'd skate five miles just to go see a girl. You know? like, I mean, we would ride our bikes way further than five miles just to go see a girl, but it took a long time. <laughs> uh, it was it's like a whole day ordeal, and then she wouldn't even be there, and you're like, shit, I was going to take her to the movies and let her get on my pegs. And <laughs> it, it never worked out the way you thought it would for some reason. But I know uh, one of my buddies, whenever I first met him, he was really into skating, and he actually worked at the skate park. And he said, you want to know how to tell somebody's a skater or not for real? Like if they're just like some kind of poser? And I was like, I'm sure. And, and how they carry the board? It's if they carry their board. A lot of guys would walk around carrying their board like through a perfectly flat parking lot with no cars in it. And he was like, if they're doing that all the way like across town, so the, yeah. yeah, they're probably – they would get on the board at some point. Like when you're a real skater, at some point it's just easier to skate. And like it's easier for me to get somewhere on a skateboard and I'm not a skater. I just like skateboards. Yeah. I love skateboarding. I still love skateboarding. I have an electric have skateboard. An electric skateboard? <laughs> it's like uh, it's basically like one of those electric scooters, but it's got a little like in the back truck. It's got a motor on each wheel. What? It'll go seventeen miles an hour, and it'll throw you off. Like if you if you just push it, it just goes. Poof. You know how Tesla's ex- accelerating crazy. Be ready for it. Yeah, or just fucking ease onto it. You have to know how to work it. But um, I got one, and then I didn't realize my cousin saw it and was like, "That's dope. I got to get one." A few years ago, my wife bought it for me as a Christmas present. And I let my cousin ride it. And then he bought a house around the corner the other day. And I went over there to check out his house. And uh, he had the same shit in his backyard. And, like, we legitimately are planning on riding our electric scooters to each other's houses sometimes <laughs> just to be, like, the weirdest 30-year-olds ever. Oh, man. Like, hey, I'm going to come over and borrow some milk. Do you actually need – no, I don't need any milk. I just no, need dude. an excuse to fucking You don't even got to give me nothing. <laughs> like, I'll just skate back over here. Yeah. Well, he – like – I don't know. I was super surprised he moved a lot and then he asked about different areas and like he doesn't live in this actual neighborhood. He lives like across the road. I don't want to say exactly where. I don't want his stalkers showing up because <laughs> he's a very interesting guy. But um, it's really cool having like family members that you actually like that live nearby enough you can go see them. That's a new thing for me because I hate most members of my family. Well, I don't hate yeah, them. Yeah, I can agree with that. I don't get along with most members of my family. Um, so it's really weird. I don't really have, like, a relationship with, like, my grandma, my aunt, 
and like my cousins, and that's like two to one two. That's all you need. Yeah, everybody else can fuck off. Well, I have a buddy that like I've talked to him about different things, and um, and I found out recently that my dad tried to listen to my podcast and couldn't because I'm too vulgar. And my brother has listened to a few episodes now, which is making me uncomfortable. Are um, you a black sheep? <laughs> I'm a little weird. <laughs> uh, I didn't vote for Trump, uh, so I'm in trouble. But um, my my brother said something about the podcast, and he was like, "Yeah, we should play it for everybody here." And I was like, "He, you know, he's gonna pick one where I'm like talking about eating ass or something just ridiculously offensive for my family." Um, You're like, "Yeah, oh, dude, I tried so hard to shut it down. It came back up like five or six times." I was like, "Anyway, uh, anything else?" But my dad, my dad thinks that um, that podcasts are better with video and he doesn't think people listen to it like he doesn't think people listen on the podcast app or on spotify and i was like no they do like i have analytics it says they do i don't put videos out so there's not i mean i put a few out trying and it's just a lot of work but uh my brother thought it was weird that my voice sounds less gay when when i have a microphone in front of me and i was just like oh god and i'm then i'm thinking about all the shit i've said about my family members and I don't think I've said anything super fucking bad, but like my brother and I have like polar opposite opinions on everything, like literally everything. Except That's guns, we both like guns. Are. Yeah, but um, we get along really well because like I know he's gonna try to suck Trump's dick today, and <laughs> and he knows that I also don't like Biden, so that's good enough for him. But um, it's been a fucking adventure knowing like right now. They're probably going to hear this one, and they're going to be like, so why do you mention us when you talk about family sucking? And then I got to go talk to them. (laughs) (laughs) It's like, I I, I didn't mean you guys. I meant uh, somebody else. My mom's cool as fuck. My mom's a very nice lady. She's a great photographer. Uh, The rest of my family, they just don't understand me, and it's okay. But, like, my dad found out I smoked weed and hasn't said shit about it, but he just asks me questions about weed sometimes, and it's fucking great. I don't know. Me and my dad had like a real, real patchy relationship. <laughs> and then like we were only real tight for like the last two years of his life. And then like my mom, I don't know. I haven't seen her since 2017, 2018. Oh, shit. And I'm cool with it. You know, I don't, I don't want to see her so, right yeah. yeah see i'm not in that scenario and like the thing is like i am thankful that i actually have like family that can ignore the fact that we don't get along or ignore that i have a podcast that mentions weed um but now that's depressing and i smoked weed so i'm all emotional <laughs> no, no, no. so can, i don't like I don't can we know. talk about the thing that the boy scout guy did to you or... <laughs> yeah, yeah. scout master kevin you no bitch. dude i was a boy scout and like those lawsuit things fucking it drives me crazy because i'm like i'm pretty sure Nobody ever touched me. Oh, yeah, but no. you guys are, the TV commercials will almost have you convinced. If you're high at two in the morning, that thing comes on. W- were you a Boy Scout? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Were you touched by your Scoutmaster inappropriately on your butthole? I don't think so. Not I don't know. I remember. I mean, I did really, really, really like spending the night at his house. <laughs> yeah, he said, this is how animals sleep. Hmm. <laughs> have you ever seen that episode of uh, Beavis and Butthead? I know this is probably an old one, but they're like, No, uh, that's fine. Your uncle is a magician. He was like, He said, Oh, no, he said he was psychic. He said, uh, He said I was going to take a nap. And I did. <laughs> and then he said that my butthole might hurt. And it did. <laughs> and he's like, He's amazing. <laughs> How's he do that? 
I gotta get into some Beavis and Butt. It was when they brought the episodes back. Okay, back I was like, like twenty. It's not like or... they're not still making it, are they? No, I don't think okay, so. Okay, I know there was a thing where they. I remember it was kind of reintroduced, and a lot of people got mad, and I didn't I understand why. It. But like, who? Why are you gonna be mad though? Like, there was like news stories and shit. Like, people were upset by Beavis and Butthead. And I, I don't, like, I didn't understand it. I think as long as the world spins, there's going to be people who find <laughs> things to bitch about it. Well, I'm still, like, okay, a guy I know that's a smart guy. He claims he's not, but he's smart. Uh, also, he has, like, 50 Gs on his center console, so he can't be doing too much too wrong. Uh, <laughs> like, he sent me a picture of fucking a ridiculous amount of money and said something about uh, if they shut the... The dogs barking in the background. You won't even hear them in the podcast. I don't know how, but it drives me nuts. Uh, you can, I can hear it, but I they won't. I don't know what the fuck's happening. Anyway, I can't get over the dogs, man. What was I talking about? I'm a stab. Fifty G's on the console. Fifty G's on the console. See, it sounds like a rap song. Um, he sent me a picture and said something along the lines of, "If if everything electronic gets shut down, I'm not going hungry." So he had a gun and a bunch of money. I don't know what the fuck he's talking about. So I looked on the news. The closest thing I could find is Trump wants to, like, regulate and shut down Twitter again uh, because they pissed him off again. But he, the same shit happened in, like, August or something. And it's not – it's like if I was Donald Trump and they fucking banned me, I would – even if I wasn't mad, I would pretend I was mad because publicity <laughs> is real good for his fucking career. But um, I'm just trying to figure out what the fuck they're going to shut down. So I Googled everything, and I have no idea. So do you have any idea of what might be getting shut down and why we need 50 Gs? And if ca cash wouldn't be worth shit anyway, I would want stuff like weed and gold. The only thing I've really heard is that apparently there's this big old civil war coming. Yeah. Well, and I mean, I have that, guns. Yeah, you know, <laughs> I have guns too. I love guns. Yeah, I got a new piece for a gun coming, and I got to tell you about when we're not doing this. I'm very excited. I got you. I can yeah. show you some of my toys, too. <laughs> but, okay, so the Civil War would be a thing where we communicated about it on Facebook first, so they're going to shut Facebook down, or, like, what? Because I don't Honestly, understand. if I think if something like this is actually going to happen, everything's going to get shut down. And that, and I mean in terms of, like, power, like yeah. electricity. Because right. how's the best way to shut it down? Like, effectively, rather than just kill, <laughs> kill the source. And if you're already doing that, you're already saying, fuck America well, anyways. Here's you know where I mean? I'm at. We should postpone it until all the electric vehicles roll out and, like, you're, like, you gotta pay extra tax for gas. Oh and then God. they could really fucking shut it down. Be like, oh, you can't even drive. Be like, bitch, the guy who's gonna kill is on the west side. Shit. I heard <laughs> they're talking horses. about, like, making uh, every magazine eight, uh, like a capacity yeah, California is like that. Uh, 10 is illegal. So it has to be 10 or less. So 9 is like the max, I believe. And I think that's fucking silly. But I don't care if they do that because um, it won't affect anybody that doesn't follow the laws. So at that point, I will just not become a law-abiding citizen. I just like shit. It, it also 13. doesn't affect people who can like, you know reload in less than two seconds yeah i'm not that efficient i would just have like eight guns <laughs> <laughs> like i got like extra magazines for my glock but i'd honestly like if my goal was efficiency and i was in my house just trying to defend my house i would just have like an ak next to an ar next to the other ak next to the other ar next to, and just be like i'm gonna rotate calibers and then if somebody looks like they got some like shit between me and them i'm gonna pull out the ak 
because it's got a little more weight behind it. And then if that doesn't work, I got the AR. And then if they get close, I got a shotgun and a pistol. But that's I only have one. I was joking. I like, feel like for me, it's like if I had the beautiful option of like <laughs> AKAR, AK. You do. Uh, you do. It'd probably just be the first one that's like in reach. Well, like the AK holds 40 and the, the AR holds 30. And the AK is more intimidating. Oh, so yeah. I like that, it better. That's a round that rips limbs off <laughs> because it tumbles instead of spins. It's pretty fucking serious. It's not fun. Yeah. <laughs> I'd be really, I'd, I'm way more scared of an AK than a shotgun, honestly. Yeah. AKs are fucking crazy. Unless like, you're fucking John Wick holding a shotgun. See, I've never watched John things. Wick and I need to so bad. Really? I've wanted to watch, I wanted to watch the first one since it came out, the second one since, since I heard about it, and the third one. Since we said this, because I forgot there was a third one. Dude, you gotta watch. I want to. It's really well, uh, like, choreographed. Yeah, I've heard nothing but good things. But I, like, I had COVID, so I was out for two weeks, and I only watched two movies, and I only remember one of them was a documentary. Oh wow! Like, and it was, um, it was like it wasn't full blown kid friendly, but it was kind of kid friendly. And my son came in there, and I was like, oh shit, I gotta turn it off. And I was like, actually. It's fine. Uh, what was it? It was uh, it was from the guy that made the push. Have you seen the push? This one's called like Savior or Hero or something. Basically, what he does is he uh, takes a guy, just like regular guy. They screen a bunch of people and they pick basically the most racist but also the most vulnerable. <laughs> and it starts out they want him to. By the end of the episode, his goal is to get him to try to save a Mexican that he believes to be an illegal immigrant. So that's his. This is a real. This thing. is a real this thing. This is a fucking. Yeah. So they do, they tell him that they implanted something in the back of his neck. So they have a surgeon come in and cut him and sew him back up and they put a bandage over it and they tell him how to take care of the wound and they put an app on his phone. The only thing the app on the phone actually does is monitors how much use he gives it and if he's actually being honest. So it videos while he's using it and then it tells them what he did on the app. Other than that, it doesn't actually do anything. And then he's convinced at some point if he hits his head on top, like with his fist, lightly over and over that he can't feel pain. And all this shit works. I don't want to tell you how it ends because it's fucking awesome. But if you Google search the push and you get that guy's name, it's definitely the same guy that made the push. Do you know what the push is? Uh, Oh, my God. Here you go. It's school time, buddy. (laughs) All right. The push is the best documentary of all time next to Cocaine Cowboys. Uh, The push and Cocaine Cowboys are great. The Push is the same dude, and he's, like, a magician that works more in the, like, hypnosis psychology side of things, I guess. But he takes a large group of people, and he screens them with a a test that's a very old test for, like, how malleable somebody's brain is, basically. Like, how easily hypnotized they would be. Um, They ring a bell, and they say, stand up. They ring a bell, and they say, sit down. They repeat the process, and then they just ring the bell. And if you stand up... You're still in the group. If you don't, you're out. And they continue this with different things until they get like somebody that every time they have a cue, they just follow it. They got like four or five people, I think. And they then they tell them, hey, so you're starting work at a uh, catering company. You're going to have to help me serve this large thing. Um, about half of the people here are vegan. So we need to put these vegan flags in all the vegan food. And they're like, cool. They're also, I forgot to say, they're also underdressed for this occasion. They didn't tell them it was black tie. So they're like dressed nice, but not nice enough. So they're making them feel out of place. They want to be accepted. And then they tell them to put vegan flags in things that have sausage in them. That's step one. You got them to fucking be a little bit of a shitty person. 
So that is enough that they go, okay, this guy's already fucked up. By the end of the thing, they got people kicking dead bodies. <laughs> like, it's so crazy. The ultimate goal of it was to see how many people they could get to push a guy off a fucking building and kill him. Okay. And I don't want to ruin it. I feel but like... But it's not, it's not less than one. What the fuck? <laughs> like, it's like, it's, like a, it's less than a month, too. It's like they didn't see you gotta Rewind this. Okay. All right. So... <laughs> What? Let me Google why? it so I can figure out the name of the. But the old, why? Where does the idea come from? It's it's psychology. This <laughs> is like yeah, like that's the that's the answer though. It's yeah. Like, all right. Yeah. Well, I wonder how many like people it would take to push a guy off a building. Well, so what they're trying to show is how susceptible we are to influence. Like There's people. There's not another say, way to do that. Well, they do, the guy doesn't really die. I'd rather like you guys like put some like you know fake glass in there and be no. like yeah push him in there. No, so dude's fine. They they have it set up where the guy's got like <clears throat> a harness and a thing that he's gonna fall onto that's like so it looks like the edge of a building, and when they look out, they see the ground really far away. But there's this little ledge that is like it's got a guardrail and a big mat. And then he's also on a harness. They can't see the harness. He's hooked up with like a special effects harness that comes where it comes out by his fly. Um, anyway, the guy's the guy's name is Motherfucker. Hold on. That's his an name is interesting name. Oh, it's the best. I don't know wh- where the fuck that it's. Okay, but it's called The Push. Owning the reality where your journey begins. Uh, I don't think that's the right one. Nope, that's not the fucking right one. Anyway, if you go on Netflix, you find the push. Yeah, yeah. I'll, I have Netflix. I can put this in the show notes too. I need to remind me when we're done. I'll put like links to both in there. But you watch the push, and then most likely on related stuff, it's gonna pull it up. But if not, um, type in savior, warrior, and hero. It's one of those three. Okay. But. I don't. I I hate telling you about it and not being able to just go ahead and ruin the whole thing. But it's so oh, good. Yeah. No, it's so good. Um, like what the fuck? Yeah, but the thing is, it's just proving like people people think that we come up with our own thoughts and people think that their fucking shitty friends aren't fucking them up. And like, if you're hanging out with shitty people, you turn shitty pretty quick. Yeah. And that's why like sometimes when we have somebody at the shop that's not working out, it's really hard for me to fire you off personality alone, but I've got a new like mental commitment that next time somebody's a piece of shit, I have to fire them for being a piece of shit, even if it doesn't affect their work and it's not related to how they work. Um, I mean, you can't like work with somebody that you can't like just get along with. You no, know? there's especially a, <laughs> if you're going to do it for the long run. Well, know? there's a guy I used to work with that we got along because we had to, and I'm his boss. <laughs> like I own the place. He works for me. And I hired him, and then I thought it was like a month after I hired him that I came home and said to my wife, like, oh, dude, I really fucked up. But my wife said it was like a day. She said it was the first day after he was officially hired, he worked the whole day. I was just like, he's just a bad person. Like, he's not, he's a good tattoo artist. He's good with customers. He's nice to me. But he's a terrible fucking person. And like, I don't... (laughs) Like, what do you do with that? Because it's like you're going on a technical level and a business thing. You're going, I can't fire somebody because I believe they're bad because that's me being judgmental. Well, like, to me, I'm just sitting here thinking, like, you know, define shitty person. Um, like, it's would like, murder a baby for $65. Okay, yeah. That's, <laughs> just, like, that's pure evil. That's pretty fair. <laughs> I like to think I'm a shitty person sometimes. No. Goddamn. No, no, like, okay, I have a pretty loose definition of shitty person. Like, I might use the words to describe somebody that, like, uh, 
leans their seat back in the airplane because I'm tall. Like, it, so that person probably doesn't even realize I'm behind him. But I'll be like, this piece of shit. Right. So that's not a good. But this guy, I would say from everything I can understand, is legitimately um, what you would call a bad person. Like, a tr- I hope those sirens aren't in the background. I asked my wife about it. She's like, I can't hear any of the things you complain about being in the background, but you complain about them being in the background because you're yeah, mad that your soundproof thing didn't work. Like, these walls, like, you hear how solid that is? That's heavy. But I still have a fucking door with glass on it, and there's not much you can do. Yeah, right. Um, but anyway, uh, the guy was, like, super easy to work with, super nice. And then I would go out of town, and something weird would always happen. Like, just something where you're like, mm. That's kind of sus. It's weird. Yeah, I don't like it. And you would never really get an answer. Yeah, yeah. And you couldn't prove anything like this dude one time. I still don't know what happened. I'm almost certain that he had his apprentice. Um, I don't know if you'd call it switching or trading against their wheel. I'm going to call it trade raping. But he took somebody's power supply. His had like a chip on it. It wasn't fucked up that I knew of, but it had like a little chip on the outside. It was distinctive. Yes. And I have a really good memory visually. I can't remember people's names or like what the fuck I'm talking about sometimes, but I can remember when I see stuff very well. So I remember seeing it and going, oh, how the fuck do you chip it? It's metal. And then um, we had a guest artist come and the guest artist like came, worked for a week, had an identical power supply, went home and was like, dude, I don't know what happened, but my power supply doesn't work. So I checked the paperwork and it's not the same power supply. And I was like, oh, so I immediately sent him a new one, identical to it, brand new. Like, that's the least thing I could do, I think. That's all I could come up with to make it better. That's and he's like, up. I just don't know how it happened. I was like, well, I got cameras, so I'll get to the bottom of this, man. Me and another person spent hours going over all the footage. We got a video of the guy that I suspect was the mastermind but didn't actually do it. Oh, yeah, he's the pinky. Dude, he walked up to it. He walked up to the guy's machines, looks at the camera, puts his hands up like they're empty, then puts his hands behind his back, looks at the machines, looks at the power supply, walks away. And I was like, what the fuck? You wouldn't do that unless you knew something was going to happen to it. That's the only time he was seen within 10 feet of this fucking power supply. Shit got switched. It for sure was the other guy's power supply, so... I was like, all right, how do I fucking bring this up? And then I I asked him about it, and he's like, no, I don't know what you're talking about. And I was like, well, I'm just, like, I already replaced it. And, I mean, I don't know how you define things, but I wouldn't even call that stealing. I just say it's fucked up. Like, if you did do it, I'm not going to fire you. Just tell me. And he's like, no, I, w- I wouldn't do that. That is fucked up. And I was like, all right, well, how do you think it got switched? And he's like, it didn't. This is mine. And I was like, do you have the box for it? And he goes, uh... No. And he kind of looked at something. He did have the fucking box for it. I was like, oh, my God. But he had the box locked up. And, like, it's just all this shit. And I was like, okay. I have to figure out a way to prove something. Because imagine, like, that seems like enough, right? You're like, okay, this guy's crazy. You can't fire him. Because if you have no proof and you just fire him and you have a conscience... You're going to almost always for the rest of your life go, I wonder if I was just fucking being paranoid. And then let's say you are wrong and it comes back out and somebody proves otherwise. Right. And you fired somebody and they had a really good job. You're like, uh. So I worked with that guy for a while after that. Yeah. You're like, well, it was yeah, weird. maybe once coincidence. <laughs> I'm imagining he slipped up again. He did slip up again at some point. <laughs> but um, there I, were some really weird. That some sus. That's some sus. 
there's some weird shit. Like tattooers are notoriously crazy weird people. Yeah, I so heard I always it's like expect a cutthroat something. industry. It's not for us now. So we have like my shop. Uh, actually, the massage my wife's doing later is one of the girls that works for me, Sarah. My shop is filled with people that are health like have a healthy sense of competition amongst each other like jason and i get real weird like like jason will do a wolf and i'll be like dude i got a wolf next week and he's like oh shit and i'm like watch watch this and he's like all right i got a wolf now <laughs> like and we'll just like we'll just be but that's how we pick up on like style. honestly i've seen uh i've seen like you know i worked with him at central and uh i've seen like his work from when you guys you know did the whole 32 thing mm-hmm. And, like, it's it's crazy on, like, how fast, like, because you, you guys have that push. You guys are yeah. constantly pushing each other. And that's the goal. And it shows. <laughs> yeah. You know, like, it's wild. Like, But that's the key to not having, like, the whole cutthroat thing is you get a circle that everybody has a healthy sense of competition. And, like, we're not competing against each other. We're competing for ourselves. Does that make sense? Well, I didn't really mean, like, like cutthroat no, like, no. in the Acro- shop. No, I mean the other shops. But, yes, yes, like shop to shop. But that's the thing. When you get focused on your own shit. When you have enough going on and everybody's doing well, we don't give a fuck what the guy down the road's doing. Where it used to be like, okay, if you're not busy enough, everybody at the shop is concerned with the other shop. We're super busy. If you don't have somebody else to kind of look at and reference like, okay, am I keeping up with the competition? That's where it's healthy to make your own coworker your competition in a way while still not being competitive, like, oh, I got to beat her. Right. Like, so Sarah and I are constantly, like, complimenting each other's work and talking about, like, things we think the other one could do that we can't, and we're both probably wrong. Like, she thinks she can't do portraits. I definitely can't do fucking the crazy lady face shit she does with the, like, disproportionately cool, like, kind of beanie baby eyes going on. I don't know how to fucking do that. But she thinks I could, apparently. And, uh... Like, she was talking about her pricing recently, and she told me what her new full day rate was going to be. And I was like, that's fucking awesome. You're even, like, your price is higher than mine. And she goes, oh, no, I don't want to be more expensive than you. I was like, no, you should be more expensive than me. You're fucking great. And she's like, mm, I don't know if I'm more expensive than you great. I'm like, well, neither one of us is expensive, so it's Oklahoma. <laughs> like, it's fine. Like, and it's $20. The difference was literally $20. But um, she was like, what if I just bring it down a little bit. And I was like, I mean, if you want, I can bring mine up. My clients don't give a fuck. Like uh, the difference of 20 bucks, which I'm not changing my prices, but I'm saying the difference of 20 bucks to most of the people I tattoo, they'd be like, uh, yeah, that's fine. Yeah. Like, but the point is if you have, if you have a shop where it's not busy enough, you have the option of paying attention to the other person or the other shop down the road. If you have everything balanced out just right, the only thing you'll see is like when it does get a little slower, like around Christmas, sometimes we'll all pay attention to somebody that, that works in town that we're like, oh shit, that's your, that they shouldn't have a license. That's about oh, it. Oh yeah, no, yeah. <laughs> I, I, I am, yeah. There's one, man. There's one that I couldn't figure it out because I'm going to try to like keep it as anonymous as possible because I yeah. actually like the person. Um, this person's work went from like, literally a two to fucking eight every couple weeks like you'd see amazing work where you're just like holy shit and then you see just trash and there was stuff i couldn't tell what was like i saw a tattoo in person i was like uh so what do you want me to put around this piece here and they were like actually i was hoping you could cover that and i'm like it was just black (laughs) i asked him what it was it was supposed to be a snake or something i literally couldn't tell and the same person would occasionally do one where I was like, shit, I wish I did that. 
and it blew my fucking mind. So that, that artist was the topic of the shop for a while, but we weren't like, we're not like looking at it in a way like, oh, we got to steal the competition's business or, oh man, they went to the other shop or any of that. Um, when I found out that somebody charged like triple what I charged, I thought that was a little weird. Like, like, I don't know what, like what standard rates are, but I feel like in Lawton, a hundred to 150 an hour is kind of average. There was a, there was a tattoo artist that quoted somebody, did not tattoo them. Um, my quote was 800. Their quote was 1900. Oh, wow. And I was like, eight and eight is 16. So this bitch is more than double. <laughs> like, what yeah. the fuck? Like, I was trying to figure out how they would even justify that number for tattooing a one pass, you know, four or five hour tattoo in Lawton. And I can't. But they didn't get that much money. They just quoted it. So you'll hear all these things like people will be like, oh, well, that motherfucker overcharges. Like, no, maybe that person just told you that to get you to shut the fuck up and leave the shop because they didn't like the tattoo and they didn't know how to be honest. We send shit to uh, like Mad at Elite is probably of the people that don't work for me, the one that I send the most stuff to. If something, if something's not a Megan tattoo, but it's kind of in the anime realm, I want to make sure it goes to somebody that's going to get into it. So I send it to Matt, but it goes to Megan first because she's like super into anime and she kills it. And then if for some reason it's not going to work out with Megan, then we send them to Matt just because he does a similar style. He's really nice. And, and like that reciprocal kind of like cool agreement, like he sends people to me sometimes if it's a portrait or whatever. Um, when you can accomplish that with all the other shops that, that are going to be something you can do that with, or just kind of ignore them. Like, I actually don't know who works at some of the shops now. Um, it sounds weird, but it gets rid of all that cutthroat, like bullshit. Yeah, really. I like, I'm, I, I, I just met Rodney, Mm -hmm. like, I don't know, like three four days oh ago. rodney's cool as fuck yeah he came into my shop oh at uh o'reilly you know and uh i was like yo uh he was like you he's like you seem like familiar or whatever i was like yeah you know i'm bones's apprentice and he was like oh your bones is apprentice no way that's wild he's like yeah i gotta come by the shop sometime mm-hmm. you know, yeah whatever. he's friendly chill or whatever and i was like you know that felt really cool you know yeah but uh, bones also you know like he's really tied with all of them over there yeah like, they basically he tells me all the time that they basically die him out of that dude you know? Yeah, they're they're real cool guys. Like that's where he learned, you know. I didn't know where he learned. I know I know he's worked at a few shops. I know he worked with AJ for a while. That's about all I know. Like I've met him multiple times. I just don't know much about him. Um I know I'm his first. Like he his, took your virginity? No, or you took his virginity? Yeah, like I'm his first apprentice. Yeah, you know I mean? That's cool. So but you started out under somebody else and it yeah, kind of yeah. got passed around. It was really to... uh more like a favor. Yeah. For for not only like he was he was doing it for me, honestly. Right. I appreciate it. Because, well, I was working at Central uh, as a piercing uh, apprentice for, like, a while. And then, you know, Richard had passed away. And then uh, everybody was like, you know, what are we going to do? You know? Right. So, um, and I, you know, and I don't want to throw too much shade, but there was yeah. a lot of shop drama at that point. Because now. I heard a few things. <laughs> yeah. We could talk about that later. Yeah, I heard a few things. You're good. Uh, but anyway. Um, Chess had called me uh, when she had picked up her apprentice that she has now. Her name mm-hmm. is Mercedes. I met her. Yeah. Yeah, she got a tattoo by Jason, right? Yeah. Yeah. And uh, she had called me when I was still working at Central, and she was like, look, um, she's like, I've been thinking about picking up Mercedes. How do you feel about that? Because if you say, you know, if, if it's cool with you, I'll pick it up. If not, I won't. And I was like, if I actually say no, will you, like, not do it? She was like, yeah. Yeah. I wanted to learn from chess. Like that's right. that's like 
basically like I got, I love that woman to death. I I you know she calls me right now. I, yeah. Whatever you need, you know. <laughs> That's good. <laughs> and uh, like. I don't know. It's, to me, it's feel like I feel like I like I owe her. Like you know, right. I, owe, I owe her everything. You know, she's gonna give me a life, essentially. But anyway, she had called me, and I was like, "Yeah, you know, go for it." And then uh, all the shop drama happened, and I had quit Central. And then uh, for me, it'd be faster for me to get my license if I went under Bones, right? Rather than wait for Mercedes, because I transferred all my piercing hours. To a tattoo apprenticeship, I'm the first person in the state of Oklahoma to ever do I didn't that. know you could do that. Yeah. I did it. I was on the phone with the... the and they were like, yeah, it's, it's the like sanitation side. It yeah. it makes sense you could make an argument that it like that part, you don't need to know tattoo specific. It's more medical yeah. on the first half. And then the second half, just clearly the piercing thing I'm wouldn't help you. I'm not going to transfer right. bad stuff. Yeah. You need Be to know, clean, the, you know the bloodborne pathogen stuff, not... Yeah. You're not on the technical stuff. I never would have thought about that, but that makes sense. That's cool. I, it took a long time. So you took the the hours you had in as a pierce, uh, piercing apprentice under Richard and transferred them to an apprenticeship under Bones, who's at Inkslingers, right? Yeah. And right now, you like, I know the location. I don't know if you guys are telling people or what. I know I talked to Mercedes. She told me where it's at. But yeah, yeah. We're like, keeping it a little hush. Yeah. Now. I was like, I thought it was a pretty cool. I was like, hold up. Dude, I don't, was, like when she told me about it, I didn't even know what was there. It and then really I drove by and I was like, brainer for us. Yeah. The price. I yeah, heard the price. I was like, was that's n- fucking a deal. Yeah. And I will be like the most selfish apprentice. <laughs> Cause like I've been, you know, over there, you know, busting my ass on that yeah. shop just as much as everybody else has. So I'm kind of building it up. Yeah. So I'm going to have some sort of pride in that. You know, well, I'll be the first apprentice to be like, get the fuck out of my <laughs> shop. You know? You're like, this is mine, bitch. Yeah. Uh, so once you guys get it open and everything's going, like, hopefully COVID's over. Because that's the whole thing. Like, I'm sure it would have been open months ago if not for COVID. But it's yeah. kind of pointless to, like, you can't do something like a grand opening thing where you do, like, walk-in y'all, flash sale type there's shit. There's 15 of y'all out here. Only two of y'all can come in. Right. Yeah. It's like, what the fuck are you going to do? So it kind of makes sense to just glide through we're all kind of working appointment only and it's whatever right now but if the timing works out great like okay i don't know how this vaccine thing's gonna go i'm not a fucking doctor but a lot of people have told me if everybody gets vaccinated everything goes back to normal and i believe that in one way even if the vaccine doesn't work people will be like yeah shit i can't get it and we'll go back to normal until we get sick yeah so if something like that happens and there's a big boom where it's like everybody's been not getting tattooed as much and not doing a lot of shit as much. And there's like Biden gets a little silly with stimulus money. If it all comes together at the right time, you guys could have like the craziest first year ever. And then that would set everything on track. Like the first six months you're in business, like however people get a perception of a new business in town, that's going to stick. So it could work out great. Um, I don't know how like (laughs) COVID fucked shit up so bad. It sucks ass. um, that's one thing like i don't know lawton's the right size when we hear i know it's still ink slingers but even a new location like when elite moved people were like oh shit elite's fancy now and uh (laughs) they had like this little trailer they put on facebook that it was like an iMovie kind of silly you know in a world whatever uh there's one man tattooing or some shit and it was really entertaining and i saw the shop and i was like I want to be mad. Like, I, I want to be a hater, but that shit looks nice, dude. Like, and uh, they did really well at their new location. It's like a rebirth for that shop. Like, the shop right. was doing fine. 
But when they moved, I feel like you can, like, if I were to move Avenue, I would feel like I'd have to, like, put it out by Target in a giant thing with 20 chandeliers in it or some shit. Because people would be like, what's the... You went from that to this. <laughs> What's the biggest jump you could do? I always yeah. thought y'all's shop was cool. I love the blood red walls. Thank you. We're thinking about painting that red wall black. Um, so everything else would be graying, but we're getting purple couches. So That's it's, a trip. it's, it's like getting some Tim Burton-y. No, it's it's getting feminized gradually. The less I'm there, the more <laughs> the more uh, the more estrogen is pumped into the walls. But the, like I let the girls paint their stations whatever color they wanted and agreed to like I think I paid for the sparkle if they paid for the paint or something. They were like, man, we just want to this gray is getting old. And I was like, I get it. That's cool. I like everything like white, gray, neutral, whatever. But I'm weird. And they they talked me into purple and pink. And it makes the shop way cooler because when you walk down the hall, you're like, you still have that red wall and it still looks like a tattoo shop. And then when you look to the left, you're like, oh, Sarah's got her own thing. There's purple <laughs> with like sparkles on the wall. And then you look straight ahead, you see Megan's with pink. And then Bailey hasn't done anything to hers yet. At one point, the wall was blue in there when it was Mary Lee's room. But I feel like like letting them kind of – I say letting them like they would have they would have just done it when I was out of town and been like, hey, my bad. I honestly, I honestly can't wait to have like my own booth. Cause like it's nice. <laughs> I like uh, I've always liked that like about getting tattooed. It was like yeah. seeing like what the artists have hung up and stuff. Cause it's like almost like a, like an inner look into y'all's yeah. personalities. Yeah. Know? Um. Do you know who Tyler Malik is? He does like all that space shit. Mm. He's out in New Hampshire. So mm. if, okay. Well, he's he's like famous in the right circles of like girly bright colored tattoos. But he does really cool galaxy shit. And uh, Sarah's in love with him. My wife has two tattoos by him. But we went out there and um, his room is is about as dark as when I'm in, in my room sleeping. Like it's it's like, okay, imagine a pitch black room and then turn a TV on and then turn a second TV on. That's like how his lights are. It's like barely – like I don't know what color the floor is. I know the wall's purple. <laughs> I'm dead serious. No fucking idea if the, the floor is white or brown or what. But he keeps it really dark and then he has a lamp right on his client and i've asked him about this and i've seen other people do it and some people say it like keeps them from getting distracted and a bunch of other stuff jason and i do it occasionally we'll turn off the shop lights and just have our lamps just like just to see because we're weird <laughs> well why not yeah but um it doesn't affect the work in a negative way for sure but he has that and he's got bats on the wall and he's got um like a cool shelf with all his stuff uh with all his ink and like led light shining up under it it's like plexiglass it looks really cool and he's just got all these different things that are like, this is cool and this is something of him and this is cool. And then like – and I'm paying attention to how he keeps the room, how many fucking paper towels he uses, like why <laughs> his machine's fucking plugged in the way it is, all this weird shit. And I realized like his booth is the most comfortable booth in the world. You you want to just sit back and relax? And I think that helps. Right. Like I think when you're Being getting tattooed – Yeah. But I mean like – like mentally, you're just like, oh, I just want to chill. Like this it's is like dope. Yeah. yeah, that's why I went for somewhere between like boutique and industrial spa for for 32. I was like, what makes me comfortable and relaxed? Yeah, I like fucking you, cold. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you got y'all also got like this big old like uh, Kim Jong Un. Yeah, no, <laughs> oh. Kim Jong Un. Yeah, but uh, I was talking about like this like array of snacks. <laughs> oh yeah, like, dude. Yeah, take, you want some? You want some chips Ahoy? There it is. <laughs> well, the thing is, like, I've been to places where. Um, Okay, I think it's always nice if you can offer your client a water. I don't think you need to give them everything, but I've been to places where I got kind of pampered. Like, um, so I'm not trying to sound bougie, 
but my car, when I go to the dealership, they treat you different than if I drove a Honda. <laughs> and uh, one of the things I've noticed about anything that you would consider like a kind of classy experience or a, a high like upscale experience is there's just some level of you feel like you're getting taken care of. Like you're not here working. You're not checking your emails. You're like, oh, shit, they got Chips Ahoy and Speed Channel. Boom. Yeah. And um, they have like espresso machines and they'll bring you coffee and all this shit. So I, I didn't want to put an espresso machine in the shop, but I was like, we could at least stock a fridge, make everything free for you and your friends. And when you do the math on it, it's kind of like buying an extra case of paper towels a week. It's not that much, you know, it's, it's really worth it. So if you guys can't, I mean, if you can like, I wanted to do, um, like beer and wine and shit and just say limit one per person and make sure they're 21. Yeah. And I talked to a few people. They're like, dude, your insurance isn't going to like that. Yeah. <laughs> at least preferably after the tattoos. Well, no, like a beer. A beer would be fine. Um, like if the health department comes in, I'll be like, that's mine. <laughs> what are you yeah, talking about? They're like, well, then drink it, it bitch. But no, like a single beer for a person that drinks on a regular basis or a glass of wine or like a wine cooler, I think would be fine. But we would we would focus on like low point and talk to the right people and actually run tests first. But uh, I used to have a little different opinion about alcohol and getting tattooed um, until Jeff – do you know who Jeff Norton is? He's a bad motherfucker. You should follow him as soon as we get out of here. He's my boyfriend. He's a little guy I want to squeeze the little boobies. But uh, no, he's he's awesome. Um, I hope he doesn't ever. Tyler Malik's listened to my podcast once because we talked about him on it. And I sent it to him. He's like, damn, I listened to the whole thing. And I better get a fucking free coffin because we were talking about sending him a coffin because he's weird. But uh, Jeff Norton <laughs> was doing my back and talking to me about his back is done by Jeff Gogway. And Jeff Gogway is, like, maybe not that big of a deal now to most people, but at some point he was, like, the cover of every magazine, um, kind of Japanese, neo-traditional meets something else. And I, I've always loved his work. And he said there's this guy that flies in – I can't remember what country, but he flies across the fucking world. Like, he's coming from <laughs> somewhere in Europe to get tattooed by Jeff once a year. And – by Jeff Gogway, not Jeff Norton. Right. So he comes in. He's getting a full bodysuit, and they do three days in a row, six to ten hours each day. And I was like, okay, two days in a row at six, I was fucking dying. Well, I was like, okay, I don't think there's any tricks, but I don't think you can get tattooed for three days. So what's the fucking trick, dude? And he goes, the guy comes in with a bottle of wine. And I don't know if it's over the three days or per session, <laughs> Yeah, <right. laughs> but he said he just slowly sips on it the whole time. And it's gone about like, it's gone by the time they're done is how he said it. So I didn't, I didn't get clarity on like, does that mean when they're done with the day? Cause or that's a just, lot of wine. Yeah. Like the whole process. Yeah. But it's like, it sounded like he was barely sipping wine and, and it helped. And I was like, that's fucking weird. But this guy's getting his fucking gooch tattooed and shit. Oh like, my God. He's everything that's not his palms, his face. Excuse me. That was my stomach, I think. Palms, face, head. Uh, I think everything. I think he's including neck and head, actually. I th like, he said full body suit. And I was like, a Japanese full body suit? Or, like, full? And he's like, I think everything but the face and palms and feet. I kind of want to get... Uh, I have this goal or ambition. <laughs> By the time that I'm 35, uh, I want on my 35th birthday, I want to go up to Denver and I want to get my uh, my eyes tattooed. Oh, dude, my buddy Egypt's doing that shit. What's today? It so bad. He's doing that in three days. I figured uh, if I'm going to be anywhere in life, I should be there by the time I'm 35. Yeah. And optimistically tattooing for yeah. a long How enough period. Now? I'm 23. You're fine. So yeah. 
tattooing for a long enough period that obviously, you know, I'm not going anywhere. Right. You know, this is what I'm going to do. So it's going to be not only like a thing for me, but it's also going to be like a middle finger to everybody else. Like, look, <laughs> look at this. You know? Yeah. Well, that's like, like if you've ever heard why Travis Barker's so covered, he said he immediately went for like hands, neck, head, all that shit. Um, I don't know, but I think he's nah face. Sorry. He did something that came onto his face before it was actually a face tattoo. But back then that was a big deal, mm-hmm. but he did all the spots that would keep you from getting a job because he wanted to make sure he couldn't get a job because he wanted to be a drummer. And I was like, I so love punk. I love the punk rock yeah, level. Like the that's trap, commitment. Sir. You know? He's like, I just figured you can't get a job working at a fucking factory or uh, office building or anything that's not fun if you're fucking covering tattoos. And he's right. To some, maybe not anymore. But yeah, my buddy Egypt. He's maybe 25. He's not very old. Um, he's pretty established. Um, he's doing really good, and he's getting his his uh, the whites of his eyes are going to be gray on the 15th. And I am, and this will come like out. Gray would be a good choice. Yeah, I want to do black. Really cool. I feel like gray would be. A Black's good. cool, and then when your pupils dilate, you can almost just have a little ring of blue. Yeah. Like I feel like yeah. it. Like a lot of people are like, no, it's gonna make your eye. Because I have like like these. Excuse me. These like ocean blue, like I don't know, eyes. Yeah. So and a lot of people think it's gonna take away from it. But no. me, in my head, I think it's going to make it pop. Well, just like tattooing, if you put black next to anything, the darker that black is, the brighter the color looks. Right. So, like, when you're doing, like, I like to use waves as a reference. Like, if you do blue waves and you don't pack black in right behind them, they look like a nice light pastel blue, and that's a look you can go for. If you want them to jump out, whatever it is, you put the darkest fucking most dense black you can. Are you looking for lighter because you're holding one? No, I'm looking for okay. a knife. <laughs> I was like, this is weird. I got one. <laughs> All right. Um, but yeah, I think I think black next to it would be cool. But my thing isn't uh, – like first off, I, I think it would look weird on me. I think I'd also prefer to spend the money on another gold tooth. But uh, so I, I like buying gun parts. I would be scared Sides. something would happen to my, my eyeballs like I wouldn't be able to see anymore. Well, a lot of people like tell me that. They're like, you're going to go blind. No, and, it's but, I tell them it's <laughs> – I mean, it's riskier than getting a normal tattoo, but it's basically the same, you know, like you take care of it. You make sure you're doing it by somebody who is, you know, worthy yeah. of doing it and well, the, the guy spend that's doing... your money where it's meant to be. Right. And, you know, you'll be Don't fine. be cheap. Exactly. Yeah. Especially with is... your fucking eyes. I didn't know it was illegal everywhere. Like there's no legal way to do it. So the guy that's doing Egypt's, uh, I was like, he said it's illegal. And I was like, well, why don't you just go to where he's at? And he goes, no, nah, it's illegal everywhere. And I was like, oh, okay. But that's the guy that invented the process. I don't remember what his he's name is. He's doing it by the dude? Yeah, he's getting it done by the dude. And I'll tell you when we're not recording how much he's paying because it's fucking insane. Oh, I know. It's expensive. <laughs> Pull man. that it's a like, little. It's like per what, eye. What would you guess per eye? Seven fifty. Hundred? Yeah, $700. No, $750. <laughs> yeah, no. <laughs> no. No. Um, it's more. Like a lot more. That's I would have guessed a thousand. Like if you said the originator, the originator of the the fucking process, the OG, I would say, well, since he's OG, it's gonna be double. I would assume five hundred, but with him, a thousand. It's yeah. more. It's a lot. Oh fuck! What are we talking like fifteen hundred? I'll tell you when we're not when okay. we're not doing. It. <laughs> Sorry. I was like, I don't know, because it's illegal, and I don't know how much, and I don't know how much Egypt wants people to know his business. As a as a tattooer, I respect people's privacy with their pricing. Like I. I've, I told you how much a single tattoo was in one situation that I quoted, but I didn't describe the tattoo. I don't like 
people hearing or seeing something that says like, okay, let's say a tattoo I did was $600. If somebody says, well, I saw online that you said like somebody asked how much did that cost and you said 600, they'll pull it up from three years ago. Yeah. And then they'll be like, well, you said $136.75. Oh, and I'm like, no, I said that in fucking when I was new. Yeah. Uh, like, yeah. <laughs> I don't know, honestly, how I could like, appro- I'd probably just like, like look at him like in awe almost. Yeah. Like, are you, be- are you, am I being punked right now? No, I've, it's happened. Oh, uh, my thing with pricing is like, I think most artists focus on it a little too much. And mine's really simple. It's like three tiers. There's not like an hourly thing. It's just, I have a high minimum. And then like a price for uh, four to seven hours and then a full day rate. And that's it. Anything over seven, I'm calling it a day. And when you go over seven, usually I'm tattooing you for 10, 11, 12. Like you'll get your money's worth. Yo. <laughs> do you want to get tattooed for 12 hours? I think I could do it. Yeah. No, you definitely could. There's, I don't think there's anybody in the world. Jason tattooed my nipples. Did he really? Yeah. Oh God. That hurts. I won't lie. About it. That's, that's, uh. I feel like I can almost sit through any tattoo now, though. Yeah, like, that's like a good... Yeah, he, he had to stretch them so far that it feels like they're, like, cutting them off. Oh, my you know? God. But no, I did it. I, I think, did it. I think every single person, like, if you take out health conditions that would cause them to have a really, really serious reaction to pain or something, every person I've ever met that's got tattooed, I think, could sit for 12 hours if you kept them comfortable. And, I mean, physically, mentally uh keep them nourished like food in their system all that shit is like super overlooked by people that just want to take whatever walks in the door and i'm always like yeah when you're doing a two-hour tattoo it doesn't matter you're right Right. but when you get that eight-hour tattoo like you can make it fucking way better if your client's calm because at the end i don't care who you are when they start fucking crying you're gonna feel rushed (laughs) like you're like i gotta get this bitch out of my chair right um i had a lady i've had one client in the last like probably five years that like legitimately put on a show and it was well no two i did a foot once this lady like sounded like she was having an orgasm but being fucked by a horse not like in a good way (laughs) like she was having an orgasm but she didn't want to um oh my god but i had a lady she got her ribs tattooed and it was like i guess it was like her third or fourth tattoo and she was she came in really confident and when you're confident i'm confident and she was legitimately screaming and shaking and then every two or three minutes i was like if you want we can like you know, I can gray line this thing. We can come back. We can do it a different session or we can stop where it's at. Like I can finish this. I don't remember what it was, but I think I had letters in it. So I could like have it just say the kid's name. We could do something else. Uh, I'll give you your money back. Like I tried a bunch of shit cause I, I couldn't handle how much she was freaking the fuck out. But that's one. I've been tattooing a long time. Like right. I had a guy jump out of the chair once too, but that was fucking funny. I like, uh, I have a problem with sometimes fucking with people. Like, especially the people that are just getting their first tattoos. Like, <laughs> Me too. Chess was tattooing some kanji on this dude. And uh, I just walked up to him and I was like, small charcoal grill. <laughs> what does that mean to you? And then he like looked at his... If you keep a straight face, fu- Yeah, dude, I sold it. it. I oh, sold God, it. He like best. looked at his fucking arm for like every bit of what felt like forever, dude. And then he like looked at Chess... And then he was like, you speak Chinese? And I was like, nah, dude. <laughs> <laughs> I uh, I used to do a thing a lot where if somebody's getting their first tattoo, I would like, okay, I dip in the ink. I had like a really like, there was a very serious timing thing. Dip in, machine's running, and you go, is this your first tattoo? And they're like, yeah. And then you pull your first line, you go, cool, me too. And like. It fucking got almost everybody. It's usually when you're getting your first tattoo, you're so overwhelmed with all the things you yeah. think or whatever 
that like all the stories you've yeah heard. shit that's obviously not real for 10 seconds seems kind of real i've had so much fun with that but i don't do a lot of first tattoos anymore because most of my clients are like in their 30s i don't know if like your client base ages with you or what the I fuck that is i've seen people walk into the shop that's like 62 get their first yeah tattoo. we had one guy i don't fuck with them i do i love all but 18 18 to 25 that's yeah, the they got I'll the good fuck, skin i'll fuck with you they got the good skin like i'm talking about like in terms of like talking shit a little bit you know like oh you don't them. oh i was saying i don't want to fucking tattoo old people because their skin falls apart I, <laughs> oh, no, no, like no. you've seen it yeah i like i i know i don't know exactly what phase you're in or how much you've got to watch tattooing but i'm sure oh, you've dude. seen Ours. how fragile that shit is it's so hard to tattoo old people um i like tattooing like really pale white people like yes Irish people, people that their cheeks are red by like in contrast to their face, but it turns out their cheeks aren't red. Their cheeks are just like regular colors. This is just a curse. It's yeah, no, the it's Irish curse. great. Uh, colors brighter and, and soft shading looks fucking good. <coughs> it's, it's harder to nail a smooth blend, but it's so fun when you do. Yeah. Like, like I got a lot of red. I like reds and blues. Yeah. Like I color like shows up nice on you. Yeah. <laughs> I just realized that everything on your arm is either red or blue. I don't see any other colors. Do you have some green? Yeah. Oh, yeah you have a little green. green. Okay. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, this was a cover-up I got in Florida. It's, uh, it's a good move for a cover-up. There was an element symbol right there. I can't see I got that, so it's good. I was like 12. You're supposed to do that. I, I mean, have... I, I was like 11 with a tattoo. I, oh, by the time God. I was in sixth grade, I had three, including this one. And you got I that had, when you were a kid? Yeah. And I, I didn't like, do it, did I? No. <laughs> I had to like wear a wristband at oh, school. Like The school made a big old rules. fucking stink yeah. about it. They're like, it's a distraction. That bitch's hair is electric yellow this is a distraction you know the thing is like everything gets stigmified like a motherfucker and then once the stigma is finally lifted like how weed weed's like in the middle oh yeah now weed's but the, sh- the weed's, shit weed's like i thought it was great when they were, they said weed was essential but everything else wasn't i was like that's <laughs> that's a good step they want but, that money but yeah it's good money it's it's a lot of money but the thing is like tattoos are even people that don't like them accept them like they don't look at it and go oh this fucking freak show unless they're like 70 they yeah. People are old people hate me. Old people hate me, except they, the ones that don't. They like look at you and like try to figure you out, you know. Yeah, old ladies love me. I don't know what it is like. Like I had a thing for a while where every girl that was nineteen that I tattooed like seemed like they were falling in love, and now it's every girl that I tattoo that's over fifty five seems like they're falling in love. And I don't know what that means. It's like taboos for them. You know? Yeah, it's like ooh, this young gun. This was I don't a know big what it is. No, no, back in the yeah, day. Yeah, but when know? I was like twenty four. And I'm tattooing a 19-year-old. To me, it seems like a person that's slightly younger than me. Now when I tattoo a 19-year-old, I'm like, ew. Like, yeah, <laughs> like right. it's like they see – like I tattooed a girl that had just turned 18 not too long ago, and that's pretty rare. Like usually, like I said, most of my clients are in their 30s. I tattooed a guy – their 30s or they're from Weatherford. I don't know what that means. But <laughs> I tattooed this dude that um, was like 19, and I think that was the youngest I had tattooed this year. And then like a week later – I was tattooing a 18-year-old girl that had just turned 18, and she was talking about weed, and she was talking about sex and other shit that I was like, children don't do that. No. <laughs> <laughs> but she was saying shit. I was like, I was a little uncomfortable just because she's like, it. it was weird. It, yeah. And I, like, she didn't. The other thing is, if she looked like an adult, I'd be like, okay, well, you're allowed to have sex. Like I know everybody has sex when they're eighteen. I, if you don't, that's pretty weird. I'm sorry, but <laughs> but I was like, this is really weird. Like she has a boyfriend and he's a grown up with facial hair and it's not illegal. And I was freaking the fuck out. 
I was also way too high, I think. And she was like, you don't get high when you tattoo, right? And I was like, nah. Uh, uh, just weed. <laughs> like, what do you mean? But she took. I drank a 32 ounce of shroom tea right before you got here. <laughs> well, it depends on how many shrooms were in the tea. You'll be fine. Ounce and a half. Uh, it's going to be okay. It's going to be fine. An ounce and a half. We're going to die. Okay. It's fine. So everything's <laughs> fine. But can you imagine putting an ounce and a half of mushrooms in a tea and drinking it and trying to tattoo? I've put an ounce into some tea between and split it between three people. So it, we only put three cups right into the into the pot <laughs> well an eighth dumped, is a decent dose i believe yeah. so you're getting more than an eighth for sure let me tell you i was geeking <laughs> i didn't know what the fuck i watched i literally watched my room turn like six or seven different colors I, all the ashes on the table would look like ants that were like mosh pitting. oh god i was yeah. like staring at the table for like four or five hours with mushrooms like is okay you know how weed there's like a level like the worst thing that's gonna happen is you're gonna go to sleep after you get this high whatever this right. is it, there's not really a cap on mushrooms because you stay awake yeah you like, just can't go to sleep so it's you just impossible. it just keeps going up huh yeah like it okay. just kept escalating i don't know if i know anybody that split an ounce three ways i know yeah. a person that split it was supposed a- to be four but he punked out and i feel like that's why we had some uh a couple bad trips for some yeah the other I, people i know a few people that split like uh, a fucking quarter amongst two <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, it's, it, i would like i definitely lot. wouldn't do it again <laughs> but if you did it and then you tried to tattoo not a good idea yeah no i yeah. I, I don't think i could even hold the machine at that point yeah. like well, i was literally glued to my carpet for the first hour and a oh half god that's Couldn't great move. right <laughs> i was watching everything just like change and i don't know I, we got to outside and uh have you ever seen that movie Crank with like yeah. this? You know yes. how the lighting is in that? Oh, that's such that's, a cheesy that's fucking like movie. Totally how it was. Like that it was great. like the sun felt amazing. It looked amazing. <laughs> I was like, I want to start a fire. I lived right next to a church. Oh great. Uh, yeah, they were all getting out of church and I was like in my backyard shirtless, like Hey! Fuck you! Just flipping them off, you know. I was like, I'm gonna start a fire. My uh... <laughs> yelling at them. Oh, One man. of my clients, I, I think it was acid. Yeah, it was acid. She was telling See, me about different done things acid. she's done. I mean, I I believe it's pretty similar unless it's not. That's what uh, I've heard is like <laughs> it's apples to apples, but it's also well, apples to fucking <laughs> Yeah, I've heard both. People are very adamant about it's the same and no, it's not. No, so it's I don't not, know which man. one's right. But uh, she took acid and it was a pretty good quality and quantity situation. And she said she was laying on the hood of her car in her front yard and her neighbors came to check on her and she just kept saying i'm on drugs it's cool like and i was like that's a really interesting thing to do i don't know there's like a conspiracy with acid that it was like you know made by the cia for like a truth serum no they tried to turn it into that though that's a real thing like they so it was made by well okay Here's the history. It was made for headaches or something. No, shit, it right? was or it was originally synthesized Alzheimer's. as something to do with dementia or all, all. I can't say that anyway. Something like that, and then it sat like the formula sat aside for a while, and then a guy named Albert Hoffman, um, I think that was his name, uh, Bicycle Day four twenty one or four nineteen. <laughs> I don't know which one. Bicycle uh, Day. That guy, he was fucking with it in the lab, and he was like, I guess I could just try it on myself. So. Gave himself like a dose that by any other molecule would be considered pretty much none, right? And then it's acid, so it's a shitload. Like acids, micrograms, pretty much everything else is mm. milligrams. And he got fucked up. He thought he was going to die. This is just the version I've heard. Thought he was going to die. So him and his partner got on their bikes so he could ride home to die in peace. What the fuck? <laughs> and I, so I've heard that. And the like, crazy I've also part heard is, is that I didn't own a bike. <laughs> 
<laughs> that's, that's the kind of shit I think probably happened. But I also heard that he accidentally dosed himself on his bike because he like got it on the grips or something. I've also heard that he took it, he was riding home, and then he started a trip. But I believe the actual true story is the one where he thought he was going to die. Um, I would too. Yeah, this is a brand new thing. You've never heard of it. No one, no one's. I know. Telling you, walking you, walked you through it. You know. And then in the seven, 60s and seventies, like the CIA did do some experiments. Like it's not a conspiracy theory now. You can Google it. It's like oh. there's documents. They did use it because they thought they could use it as a truth serum or something like that. But they never really got anywhere with it, or they did. I don't know. Maybe yeah, they're like using it to accurate. control you right now. Ooh. <laughs> Maybe. I don't know. But, I mean, there's, there's like, documented studies on it, and the CIA guys were dosing each other, like, in the office fucking around. And I don't know. I mean, if I had to guess, I would say it was, like, one of the many things they do to go, let's fuck around and see what happens. And <laughs> yeah, then, fuck around and find out. Yeah, and then they found it's out. It's for science. It's not great. It just makes people have a good time. But, oh, yeah. yeah it's there's like a that book. opening scene of uh, Pineapple Express. Oh, that's the best. He's like, I feel like a slice of butter. <laughs> Melting on a big old pile of flapjacks. <laughs> and at the first time watching that, like, oh you're my like, god. oh I my god, like six it's times. so relatable. And then he's just like, <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's great. And it's like, if you watch that movie and then you study the history of the, the criminalization of cannabis over like a hundred years. I really think um, it has everything to do with like the alcohol at the time. Yeah. Well, kind of. So. Uh, marijuana became illegal at the end of the alcohol prohibition, like around 1933, I think. Yeah, 33, 32. Yeah, something like that. I'm not good with numbers, yeah, yeah, as yeah. I said earlier. I'm also not a real scientist. Don't tell my son. <laughs> but, Where's uh, your lab coat? So the guy that was running the I, – I don't know if it was the ATF at the time, the but the people that regulated alcohol. Right. Um, it was Harry Anslinger, and he was going to be out of work because he was just shutting down fucking speakeasies. And he came up with a new thing to criminalize. And simultaneously, his buddy, uh, William Randolph Hearst, who was at the time, like, I compare him to Michael Bloomberg. He was a very wealthy, uh, kind of eccentric, like a mixture of if you put Elon Musk, but not nice, uh, Michael Bloomberg and Trump together. That's what you'd get. Wow. So he's a, he owned all the publishing shit. He owned a, uh Hearst Media was like a huge company that printed books and published a newspaper. And they had like... You know, it wasn't the New York Times, but a big national piece. So he was able to cycle out information however the fuck he wanted because there was no Google. Um, and then a machine Imagine. around the same time, a machine called the Decortigator came out, which was a fast way to turn uh, hemp into hemp paper. Like there'd been a hemp paper forever, but it wasn't exactly a fast uh, mass market kind of thing. Um, so he had recently invested in a ton of uh giant like forest for a paper mill and he had his money invested in this giant fucking paper operation and he has a fucking newspaper so him and harry anslinger worked together to make it illegal the term marijuana comes from when they hit the south they were like hey you know those dirty mexicans out in the field smoking that's marijuana because they called they called weed marijuana but it actually just means wild tobacco so the the term marijuana is only it's less than 100 years old and it only comes from racism. So I try not to say it much unless I'm talking about laws because that's how it's written in. But it's like they were playing up on white guys that hated Mexicans and saying, you know that marijuana, they're going to rape your wife. Every oh fucking my God. dude, everything in, um, <laughs> yeah, 
I love the history of weed. I'm sorry. <laughs> Everything in like the Reefer Madness shit right, was all yeah. kind of based off of like news stories they just made up. They made up one of the stories they made up was like uh, two. They used the N word with the O at the end of it. But two black men uh, took they shared a reefer cigarette or a marijuana cigarette or whatever the fuck they were calling it. And then they raped a oh. whole family of white people. And they so they used race <laughs> and fear and fucking ignorance and people that voted to make il- mar- marijuana illegal had no idea they were making cannabis or hemp illegal. They didn't know marijuana was in any way related to hemp. Yeah, and then they're like, damn, <laughs> that farmer's out of money. <laughs> and this is the, the thing with no Google. Like, Google's important as fuck. Like, being able to search shit, you know, like, even just when I was a kid, you maybe even when you were a kid, people just tell you they're a fucking black belt or whatever. Yeah. And you just have to like be like, well, I don't think you are. Well, uh, <laughs> okay. But you could find out now. You could be like, all right, well, and ask them a question. I wouldn't know what to ask you. I had a brown belt in karate. I still wouldn't be able to tell if you're not a black belt because karate's fucking lame. I think black belts are spoken action. Yeah, that's a good way to word it. Um, Every black belt I've ever met. They never told me they had a black belt. <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> brown belts will. Yeah. Brown belts and vegans. They'll let you know. <laughs> yeah, but um, no, my my mom's a black belt, and she doesn't usually walk up to people and be like, hi, I'm Patty. I'm, I'm a, a black third belt. degree black belt yeah. in American Kempo. Uh, she'll be like, hi, I'm Patty. I'll take a picture of your children, and I, I'm not going to kick them. Right. But she had a mean fucking roundhouse. But I could. Yeah, but I could. And you see my boy Andrew out there? The reason he's so good, roundhouse. Anytime he fucked up, she'd never say fuck. She's a sweet lady. I remember when I was getting interviewed um, to work at Scooters. They're like, uh, do you have anything that makes you feel like you're qualified? And I was like, well, I watched Roadhouse about eight times before I got here. <laughs> they and didn't th- think that was funny, did they? <laughs> no, they did not think it was funny at all. But that's I just I feel like that's kind of how I have to be, though, because like, I'm a weird person. Like I have a really morbid sense of humor, and not a lot of people can... Uh, appreciate it or tag on to it because i right. will i will offend you like usually when me and my uh fiance go out to eat i'll be like if we're like near any kind of kids or anything like that i'll be like can we uh can we get moved somewhere else please you know like, <laughs> i just don't want to say something that's gonna piss somebody off and See, then they're gonna say something to me and that's super considerate like i cuss in front of my kids all the time and still sometimes i'll be at a restaurant and i'll hear like a group of guys that are in the army or whatever like talking about a girl they fucked yeah. and i'm just like Yo. What the fuck, man? Yeah, exactly. There's kids here. I, I almost never, like, honestly, my kids have heard so much shit. Like, I think if if they hear, let's say you were in here talking about, like, you're like, man, so I was going down on my fiance, and then I stuck my dick in her ass. They would know what a dick is, and they'd figure it out. But if you said <laughs> fucking, they would think you were doing a bad business deal with her. So, because they've heard it used that way. They've never heard it as a verb that involves oh, penis. Yeah, fuck is the most universal word yeah in the in in the history well, of language i love it because if if let's say i'm watching a movie that's not appropriate for kids and i think they're asleep and they walk in there i don't feel as bad unless there's like a scene where they could because once they see it oh yeah yeah gg but but, uh, <laughs> but the thing is like 
okay, let's say I'm watching Ozark and somebody's like, you fucked me, you fucked me real bad. Like, they're using it the way I would use it. And my kids have heard me say, man, that guy fucked me over. Right. <laughs> like, so it's because it's such a universal word, it's fine. Also, there's a new show on Netflix I want to watch called like The History of Swear Words or some yeah, shit. Yeah, I, I saw the preview for it. Yeah. I just didn't have the commitment. It looks a little silly. I think I'm going to get really high and watch it. I just play a lot of Call of Duty, honestly. Well, now you're going to watch two documentaries, The Push. Yeah, The Push for and sure. And the other one. Well, the <laughs> oh, other man. one's funnier. And it's a little bit more like, so the push is really morbid. It'll kind of ruin your faith in humanity and all things good. And then the guy made the other one to redeem the push. So people like. Have you ever seen Religious? Or I think that's how, I think Religious? It's how, yeah. No, I, I think that's think. how it's called. It's got the uh, Bill Maher. You know, Bill Maher, I know who Bill guy. Maher is. He's he, funny. He like, he like goes around and basically just shits on religion. And like. I could see Bill Maher doing that. Yeah. And it's, uh, to me, that that's like. He he doesn't do it in like a uh, like a real. He hits him with facts, right? And that's and that's what like, and it leaves him so just like, uh, 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 right? Uh, you know, and it's fucking amazing because well, like he's like, what if you're wrong? And he like laughs, laughs and he's like, what if you're wrong? And then the dude <laughs> just like ponders off like, uh, oh fuck. Well, the thing is, I've had a lot of people tell me like. I've, I've heard this argument a lot by people that aren't religious, but they don't want to go to hell. They'll say something along the lines of, well, let's say I don't really believe it, but I I, I kind of try to believe it and I do all the things I'm supposed to do just in case. My theory on that is Jesus is not as stupid as you think he is. Yeah. Like that fool would know. Yeah. He'd be like, hey, fam. I will say this. <laughs> if I am wrong, I'll fucking own up to it. I will burn for eternity. For eternity. Like, I, I'm see, the cool thing is, I don't want to burn for eternity, but I don't have a way to control it because I don't believe in hell, but I also don't believe in heaven. Yeah. So I don't have like, I, I'm pretty sure when I get buried, I'm not positive about this, but I think my body will be in the ground. I, would I like don't know about the rest. I don't know. I don't know. I'm a Satanist. So I'm not a Satanist. I do not believe in God <laughs> or the devil. Well, one of my buddies, uh, he... Actually, Eddie's come up three or four times. We should have this be a fucking drinking game. Oh, right. <laughs> um, but Eddie asked me, like, what what do I think happens when we die? And I was like, I don't fucking know. I would imagine uh, maybe we do something like reincarnation or we just cease to exist or we fucking float on into some other dimension, like a psychedelic thing. And he's like, why can't it just go black and it's like you're sleeping but you never wake up? And I'm like... That's highly likely. I don't That's, fucking know. Like, that seems to be the most likely thing, though. Well, when you're sleeping, and there are, like, two stages of sleep. You have, like, your REM sleep, and then you have, like... Uh, that good good. That, yeah, <laughs> yeah, that good good. And one of them, they do brain scans, and, uh, like, during the, the good good, your brain is basically, like, it's fully active. Right. And this is usually when they say that you're dreaming. Right. And then before that, your brain only has like probably like two to three little hot spots that's on before it just lights up. Like it's your brain's waking up. It would show all the active signs that you are awake, but you're asleep. Right. So there's a good possibility. Well, there's also a good possibility that your brain has to exercise. Like it would make sense that your brain, like let's say Eddie's right. It all goes black. Nothing happens. It still would make sense while you're asleep that your brain would have to process, filter, commit things to memory, throw things out, do some kind of process. And I'm guessing that brain scan shows everything but motor skills. Like, yeah. so that means your brain's extra, it's got the extra time to focus. Like, 
when we forget shit, I mean, I know I've, I've read and listened to things about like the studying how dreams work and all that different shit. The only thing I know is it, it fascinates me that I can have a dream, wake up, know it for 10 seconds and then it's gone. And that I assume means that, uh, that it's just in your head and that you're not in another dimension while you're asleep. But well, I want to do DMT just to find out. Yeah, I was... <laughs> I'm down. <laughs> I, I, gotta, uh, I gotta wait till my kids are a little older in case it yeah, breaks my brain. I, I don't got know. you. I'm uh, the same way. My baby yeah. ain't even born yet. <laughs> um, for me, dreaming is like I don't dream often, but when I do, it's very vivid. Yeah, and I can have no problem remembering it. I'm. I could tell you about a dream I had like three weeks ago. I've learned like, if if I wake up and I rehearse how I'm going to tell my wife when she wakes up in my head. That's the only way to hang on to it. So like, I usually wouldn't rehearse what I'm going to say to somebody. But if I wake up, like I had a dream a long time ago, well, like a year ago, I think, uh, that I think a baby shark, like a little tiny shark, bit my fucking hand and was stuck on there and I couldn't get it off. Like weird ass dream. And I remember waking up and going, I don't want to lose this one. Brandy, last night I had a dream. Like what? And I had to like tell myself in my head. And then it was like, since I said it, it's committed. Yeah. It's memory's very fucking weird. Your brain's very weird. And that whole myth that we only use like 10% or whatever. Oh, that's bullshit. Yeah, I thought that was the coolest thing ever until they debunked it. And I was like, oh, man. It's it. First hearing it, I can completely understand it. Right. You know? Well, but there's there like is. This, it just feels like there's no way. I do think there is a population of people that only use 10% of their brain. Well, Neanderthals? I, like my brother. No, I'm Because <laughs> he's listening Don't now. Say it. Don't but, say it. Uh, No, he. Oh, man. Anyway, I got to pee real bad. We're supposed to be out of here by nine. Uh, we got plenty of time, but you got anything else you want to throw on there? Or? Shit, man. Because I'm going to pee my pants. Now, that's how I end these now. It's all good. It's like, I just go until I got to pee. Do you, that's actually a good method because I haven't drank that much water today because I knew, like, sometimes I can sit for... My buddy Jacob, we did, like, four and a half hours both times. I don't know how the fuck I do it. Uh, and then the last time we did it, he said something about having to pee, and I was like, that's a good way to end this. And then he goes... All right. And I said, I also have to pee really bad. I've been holding it for the last hour and a half. We go inside. He goes. And I get him some pizza. <laughs> and then I still haven't peed. And he had to remind me that I had to pee. Hey, you have to pee. Yeah. So maybe I'm fucking retarded. No, I don't I know. I could go for one of those death sticks, though. What's a death stick? A cigarette. Oh, see, you need a cigarette. I need to pee. We will conclude this. Um, and then whenever... so. We will we'll conclude this soon. Whenever Inkslinger's new location is officially opening, we could do a thing. I mean, it's not a huge following in, like oh, anywhere man. or in Lawton, but if you want to do another thing, we could talk about the whole process and then compare notes on how fucking hard it is to put together a tattoo shop without dying. Oh, yeah. Well, Have you had a screw through your foot yet? No, not yet. <laughs> I actually used to work at the uh, the Comfort Suite Hotel, so like they taught me. like I know how to hang drywall. I know how to make yeah. walls. I know the demolition like all the stuff that we needed to build the shop lay tile all that so cool well yeah that's the stuff i taught myself i gotta pee real bad thanks for coming we'll get out of here i'll watch you smoke a cigarette i got you